Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you good? Is your mic good? We're recording now. Now is good. Yes. Good news and bad news. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, good news. Wait, I forget which is which, though. <laughs> there are two things I want to talk you about. You have two newses. Ben is not here, but Josh Hanneman is. Yeah. You decide which is good and which is bad. I don't know. <laughs> you guys figure that out. Uh, our good friend, this is your third time? Second, Second time? time? Second time. Josh is, is uh, some of you listeners may know, the writer and creator of, let me just make sure I get the, the right word that I always forget that pisses Josh off. Bigfoot sort of the Earthman. Yes. Right? Correct. Okay. Correct. No, Bigfoot I, sort of the Earthman? Yeah. I people, so. people get, it's always Bigfoot sort of Earthman. And I'm like, no, that doesn't even sound good. But, but here's, <laughs> here's my question to you is if everyone's saying it like that. No. Who might no, be No, I know where you're going. Who might be wrong is all I'm saying. <laughs> Take so, a little white out. Take out so a little the... Joe, <laughs> Josh is back and he's got some big news, which we'll get to uh, in a second. Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's been out for about a month or two now, but... Um, catch up with that so anyways should be fun yeah as always joe pizzoulis here he had a stinky fuck kale salad that yeah. uh, made us almost not record because it literally smelled like uh, like a truck stop yeah yeah but if you, I don't it, understand like, this if truck you were stop an astronaut right? and you shit your pants but it, your shit was like a truck stop that's how this room smelled like there was no getting away truckers from don't eat just... kale that i know of i don't know how many astronauts do you know what what it smelled <laughs> like <laughs> is if you'd eaten a bunch of kale and then farted yeah, yeah. but like in me like, like you somehow got your butthole inside of my nose and then farted. Well, you know, the night is young. Anyways. Incredibly young. I guess let's get started. Um, Mike, you Hi. spent so long setting up. <laughs> I did. Why don't you talk for a minute? Tell us uh, how things are going and, and, and what are you putting inside of you? Uh, well, first, I am drinking a new Belgian pump cake in honor of the upcoming Halloween and fall season. Nice. And it's delightful. Is it technically fall now, or is that Tuesday? Not yet. Not yet. The 21st. 22nd, isn't it? 22nd, it is, Labor Day. 22nd is the equinox, and then that's when it's. I hope you get this this published on the 23rd, just so you sound like an asshole. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm busy <laughs> enough that it's possible I won't get around to editing okay. this until after. Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no worries. Yeah. Uh, but things, I mean, things are good for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a day off. Since the last time we recorded, mm. just been working every day. Sure. So not too much new to report in terms of things that have happened to me. Well, you, you almost burnt down the theater. I didn't almost burn down. I saved the theater from being burnt down. Yeah. But yeah, that, that happened Batman. last night. Did uh, anybody not shout fire? Because they always say that's one of the things you can't shout. Come on. It's no, theater, no, no, no. The crowd theater theater humor. Man. Nobody knew about it oh. until after the fact. Until after the theater burnt down. Everyone said, why does it smell like... like burning hair or something back here well that's because there is a fire yeah. wait did you say it like that like that calmly yeah just yeah, it's a fire yeah 
Well, I, I, went, I, I talked to yeah. the director and the stage manager after it happened. I said, so we just had a fire, put it out. Uh, everything's fine. Everything should work fine. But if you see the lights start to flicker, go to blackout, and I'll grab a fire extinguisher because that means that there's still some arcing metal going on inside the dimmer packs. Yeah. But, yeah, there was there was a flame coming out from the dimmer pack, and so I yanked the connection and the sparks and burning plastic, like, burned my hand a little bit, but that was the only real damage. Wow. But, yeah. and this was while a performance was going no, on? No, we were in rehearsal. Oh, but you just sounded so disappointed. I, yeah, uh, it would have well, been so cool had this fire if he was like, the you know what? Idea. It's burning down. You know what? The show must go on. Pull it out. Shh, spray it down. Right. Keep it going. Yeah. yeah. No, everything. Pull everything's out, spray fine. Spray it down. Keep it going. Yeah. Interesting. That's my motto. I guess. That's my. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, don't you have that tattooed on your chest? <laughs> okay. Go on, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. It, it's your wingman. Just another, line. <laughs> That's right. another hey, lady in the long <laughs> days that I've, that I've been doing here. But you're almost done. I am almost done. We open our last show, uh, which I'm looking forward to. It's going to be fun. Pirates of Penzance. Is this better than the last one that I liked? Uh, it's different. Mm, it means no. Well, I mean, it's there's there's nothing to this show. <laughs> like just just ev- working every day. It's I I mean it really is silliness. What is it? I mean people so people. Uh, it's Gilbert and Sullivan, um, and so that means it's not going to have like any really deeper meaning to it or, or strong artistic statement. It's some pirates that aren't very good at pirating meet some women that aren't very good at womening. And oh, that sounds terrible. They they get together. What does that mean, women who aren't good at womening? Let's yeah, talk about this. What's womening? I felt like it floats. Let's get into your psyche here. Fuck him, you can leave. We've got to talk about uh, this womening problem he's got. No, I mean, it's it's just silly. Right. And it'll be a lot of fun, and audiences will really enjoy it, but it's not one of those shows you go home and think about for hours sure. afterwards or anything sure. like that. Right. Cool, Are man. you singing as well? I am singing. I'm, yeah. I'm How about a, a little taste? Yeah. Nope. Pirates and Mike's pirates. Go ahead, cover off one yeah. eye. Go ahead. I do. I do uh, make a lot of pirate pickup line puns in the show. Really? Oh yeah. Were they written or you ad libbed? No, I, I totally ad libbed. It was like, the there's nothing to this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding my own lines. The, the, all we had was a title. When we come out, the di- the director in the very first scene is like, "All right, uh, all the pirates are going to run up to the audience, and I want you to hit on all of the ladies or or men in the audience." Using the worst pickup lines you can think of, and if they're pirate-based pickup lines, even better. And so this is your milieu, right? This is just like your so we. Weekend. I run out. And I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. <laughs> the very first line, I, I said something like, uh, "If you were a treasure chest, I'd plunder your booty," or something like that. And and he said that was great. Okay, and then we ran the number again. He's like, "All right, pickup lines." And so I was like, "Well, I already said that one. What's next?" And so I just ran out and I said like. If you were a keg of ale, I'd tap that. And, like I just kept going, and, and after and rehearsal, stick he it says, "Get in your bunghole." Right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let's go go back to my cabin, and I'll swab your poop bag. Like, <laughs> okay. it, it's, uh, yeah. So he he said, "Just keep going. I'll tell you when to stop." And mm. I think the the one uh, where he said, "Okay, we can't use that one," was. Um, you be the ship, and I'll be the captain, filling you with semen. Yeah, that was the line. That was the line because it's so verbose. Yeah, right. Too yeah. many consonants. Too many. And then, yeah. and then <laughs> I, I pulled it back. I pulled it back a hair, and even that was not quite good. Where I, I said, "Let's let's play hurricane," where I rock back and forth while you blow me. Uh, 
Arrgh. Pull back yeah. a hair. Yeah, that was the problem, is you forgot the, the, yeah. arc, the pirate flourish. In the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next time you need to... Yeah. All right, anyways, we just spent an hour on Mike. What are you drinking? <laughs> anyway, uh, the pump cake. Did you already talk about it? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. All right. Remember who's next? Joe. Yeah. Joe's here. Joe is drinking. I don't want to tell you what I'm drinking. I don't want to. <laughs> guys, I'll see you later. It tastes like kale. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a thing, a diet thing, so I'm drinking a Michelob Ultra low-carb superior light beer is what the label says, so I do feel a little strong. The tone of what you just said sounded like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. Don't I'm apologize. Not. I, I, I don't have two Michelob Ultras in my fridge right now. There you go. It's not it's not awful. I wanted to join the beer party. I was thinking about scotch, but I was like, let me try some beer. There are there are much better beers to drink, but if you're going to be drinking a light beer, you should probably drink, drink Michelob water. Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as water. Yeah, water is much better for you. Yeah, this is true. But like I said, welcome to the party. Okay. I'm at the so, party. Um, what about what if we just drink? What if you drink like hard liquor? Would that be okay? Scotch is okay. Scotch is okay. Scotch is okay. So why didn't you get scotch? I didn't want to be walking around with a bottle of scotch. I got to drive back to LA after this. When? This evening. When it's I... hours from now. <laughs> okay. Next ch- next podcast, oh, I got something special I'm going to bring down. I think you can do a rum and diet Coke, too. Yeah. Diet diet soda is no good. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course not. All right. Ketogenic. So how, how, about, eh. how about your times? How times, times is good. Uh, what was August? August, it was three weeks off of work. Mm. So I took advantage of that opportunity to write a screenplay. Ooh. Very nice. Um, my buddy Derek and I have been coming up with this idea. We spent two months writing a treatment. We got up to 30 pages, and then he was working a lot. So I said, I have time off. Let me take time. Ten days later, I handed him 92 pages. Attaboy. And I was like, you write it now. So I get that back from him at the end of this weekend. Nice. It's an action piece, low-budget Minnesota. Yeah, but we have about. a possible Knockwood stunt um, stunt guy who can get access to money and wants to be in it. So Well, and that's not the only – hold on, hold on, hold on. Joe, Joe's being modest. That's not the only cool script news Joe has. Oh, A certain yeah. project he's been working on got some pretty great attention this last year. Yeah, month. it's one I'm producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about Grand Portage, mm-hmm. uh, which is one my, my buddy Derek and Dan wrote, co-wrote together, and I'm producing it. And uh, it Real was – Real quick, you say producer, but you've had a lot of input in this from the get-go. Like, oh, yeah. Three of you have definitely been collaborating. Three of us have collaborated. They okay. took the reins in the writing, but the ideas were – a collaborative effort and it's a character piece in minnesota and it was featured on the blacklist website hell yeah for two weeks um the blacklist if you don't know is a, a list of the best unproduced screenplays in hollywood the company that ran that list started this website to kind of help up-and-coming writers get attention and that's fantastic. it's fucking yeah. huge news it's, it's awesome we it's like easy to get on quadrupled any downloads we had we got you know, a couple emails going so hopefully some yeah you know, i saw the news but i was like that. the blacklist like what does this have to do with a TV show about Ultron? Yeah. Like, was, what that basically means is James Ultron Spader is calls you. He's interested, yeah. man. He calls yeah. you up and he's like, "I heard you have a script." Yeah. So lots of good <laughs> film stuff Ultron. going for our buddy Joe. James yeah, Spader's top five. <laughs> James Spader's top five. I also have an animated thing I'm working on, but that's with Scott Irwin, actually, oh, good. artist from Reach. So that, nice. but that's uh, just starting to get a little traction on on getting that produced. Um, other than that. Um, Life is good. I worked the VMAs for a week uh, in the writers' room. Got to pitch some scripts. Um, almost had some stuff in the show. You know, it was did good. you get? Did you end up with anything in the show? No, nothing in the show. A lot of the people changed it on the fly. You didn't show. write Kanye's yeah. speech? I wish, man. I heard. Mine <laughs> would have made less did sense. You, did you see the Seinfeld thing? I, 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 
fucking love that. Yeah. Somebody took Kanye. Yeah, somebody took the, like, you know uh, in Seinfeld, Jerry always opens the show with some stand-up? Yeah. Someone took bits of Kanye's speech and just added his opening stand-up music. Like, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> award shows. And it's got, like, the, the laugh yeah. track and everything. It's, dude, it's so good. I don't get it. Yeah. It, that was weird. We were backstage. I, I swear to God, I thought you wrote that. <laughs> Nobody wrote that. We didn't know what he was going to do. That was boring. Why would you give him a microphone then? We All we wanted was we knew Taylor was going to present it. We didn't know what she was going to say until an hour before the show. Right. They get to write their own stuff. She wrote her own stuff. Oh, and then we put it in the prompter. Does she actually tell you what to do? She she, she came with the script. Yeah, of course she did. And then Kanye, we thought, was going to perform. And then again, an hour before the show, we got a message saying, yeah, he's just going to give a speech. Yeah. And they had slotted five minutes for this Which thing. for Kanye is performing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They slotted five minutes for this thing. And then because it went so long, like we had to pre-tape some of the next performance, which was Pharrell downtown. It was all this... It pushed everything in the show. Like, people were not super happy, but they were like, oh, it's a moment. We're going to get some traction out of this. Wow. It's an interesting show to listen in to producers because a lot of the stuff you think is planned or has been planned is actually not. We just happen to have a camera in the right place. I can't imagine you could plan with all those egos in the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tough. There's it's, no way to know what's going to happen with all those egos in the room. It's twisted. Yeah. Twisted evening. Anyway, so that's it's been a uh, productive, interesting month. <clears throat> and uh, other otherwise, life is great. Good. Cool. Jimmy James. Whoa. Don't well, call him that again. It's a pet, it's a pet name. Uh, I'm drinking Ballast your beer Point. That's my, my beer tickle is uh, a pet name. Pumpkin Down. Oh. Scottish Ale with Pumpkin. Also uh, in celebration of the season. Thank you, Mr. Henneman, for bringing this down. Uh, I, actually had, I actually had something happen this month that was surreal. Uh, I have a book coming out on Halloween Day with um, John Carpenter. <gasps> Which which is is easily the biggest thing I've ever done, and and probably if I, if I die, the highlight of my life. Um, and my kids are probably like second. Pre-order it now. And then Kylene. Yeah, yeah, you can. I don't I don't even know the info, but you can. John Carpenter's Tales from a Halloween Night, uh, and I actually I worked with uh, Brett Simmons and Ben Glybert, uh, friend of the show, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, we we actually. Uh, we're able to get a short story in this book. Um, I mean, there's tons of other great people in this. Uh, Steve Hovecki, Sandy King, Trent Olson, um, Tone Rodriguez. Uh, uh, Tone you know, Niles. Yeah, yes. And I was, yeah, Steve Niles, uh, right. who nice. who was the first horror book I ever read in comics. Uh, it was 30 right. Days of Night, and it was one of the reasons I wanted to write. And um, I now have my name on a book next to him and John Carpenter at the same time. So that was my big news for the month, and um, I'm trying to be cool about it. I'm not. <laughs> like I'm trying so hard not to freak out about it. Loose, like he man. has yeah. all the pre-order information. Oh, he dude, knows where he... <laughs> I've got it ready in buffer. Like bitches or, um, but like it's it's one of those it's one of those moments, and you probably get a few of these in your lifetime. And you know what I'm talking about. By that point, if you're in your 30s, you've had at least one, where you can't believe it's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like mm-hmm. this isn't real, and it and it kind of stays like that for a while. It's one of those. Like you know. It's not just publishing a comic. Like I didn't even care. I haven't even told anybody about the story. Like that never comes up. It's never. Oh, I wrote the story and it's about blah blah. None of that shit matters. It doesn't matter what I wrote. It's in a book with next to the name John Carpenter and Steve. And because of the alphabetical listing, when I listed, it's like Steve Niles, James Minnis, and I'm just like <laughs> trying not to panic, <laughs> like fucking freak out. Um, but it, that that was my big thing this month, uh, and that, I'm, I guarantee I'll talk about it again. 
How long was the process of it? Like, when did you finish before now? Sandy King Carpenter uh, hit me up a few months ago and told me that it was coming and, and asked uh, if I would be interested. She was so adorable. She's like, would you be interested in, in contributing to this anthology? And I was yeah. like, uh, let me get back to you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, of course. I was I'm like, more yeah, of a com- like, I'm more of a comedy guy. <laughs> 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 I was like, are you kidding me? I would, I would be honored. And um, she was actually fantastic. I was like, who, who do you want me to work with? Like, you tell me. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like, you pick your team, you pick your page length, your page count, you you free reign. Like, there's no whatever. Just And her big thing was don't let it suck. So like, 120 pages later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it started at 16, and then I had to cut it down to 15. And you would think, like, from an editorial standpoint, like, if you're a writer and you get that, like, cut a page. You're like, okay, no big deal. But, like, I was, I was like, pouring over this thing. I even got, I had to call Ben and Brett, and I was like, okay. We have to figure out where to cut a page. Like it was a big thing. It took us a weekend to edit one page, but because um, we were so worried it was going to suck. Like it, it's right. one of those things. Like this is this is whether the, whether the, whether our story comes out and it's the worst in the book or not. This is a moment that we're going to remember forever. So of course, all three of us are like, this has to be perfect. And and so it's not just I wrote it, and then they got it, and I was like, okay, tell me what sucks. Like read this and tell me where it's shitty, and they did. And they were right. And so I went back and changed things. And this is also Brett's first comic. Right. He was an artist way back in the day. He comes from a family of artists. He's incredibly talented, but he went to directing. So, but he's also a huge fan of John Carpenter. He knows horror. So I called him in. I've known him since we were three years old. And this was his first time drawing. So he was nervous, which he had every right to be. Um, ben, who probably uh, felt the, or at least fooled us into thinking he was the most confident. <laughs> um, by the time it got to the coloring and lettering, uh, what was interesting is, is usually Ben will send you pages and say, if you have notes, uh, send them back. You know what I mean? Right. If you don't, great, we'll move on. But if you have notes, send them back. On this one, uh, every page was sent independent. No bundles. And it was, here is the first page. Please send me back feedback so I can make adjustments. So his was a much more subtle insecurity. Right. But all three of us were, were, were feeling that pressure. Um, and our goal was not to be the best in the book. Our goal was not to be the worst. <laughs> like, our goal was like, we're like, look, we don't have to try to top John Carpenter or Sandy King or, or Steve Niles. Let's just not be the shittiest story. Like, let's just not have the story where everyone goes, oh, it would have been great if this fucker's head ruined it. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're pretty proud of it. And, and, and Sandy said she liked it, which was in and of itself a huge honor. Um, we got to meet John, which was cool. And uh, we were like, Sandy asked him, she's like, do you have any notes for these guys on the story? He's like, no, it was great. And to him, it was a very casual remark. But Ben, Brett, and I looked at each other and we just were like, oh, my God. You <laughs> <laughs> did not just tell us that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, um, Mr. Carpenter. Yeah, like, it was, it was surreal. So that, that was my month. Um, I won't eat up all the time. But that was, I, I've been geeking out pretty hardcore about that ever since. Um, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 No, it, it, very it, awesome. it's a very, it's a blessing. It was, it was. Uh, hopefully we didn't fuck it up. We'll see. I'll tell you on November first. It's such a cool uh, month and project to be on, like Halloween. You yes, know, that kind of. It's just. I think that's great. It's it's uh, yeah man. It's, it's awesome. Man. It's birthday's honor. the thirtieth too. Day James before. James has officially achieved. I wear sunglasses indoors status. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I when I need it for prescription, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now I actually just wear these all, even with my kids. Like, Daddy, can you take those off to give us kiss us goodnight? I'm like, listen. That's five dollars. <laughs> Do you have a job? No. <laughs> Guess Daddy's keeping the sunglasses on, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It happened real fast. That transition. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, Mr. Hedeman, 
Yes. Uh, you've had you've had a busy summer since we last saw you, and uh, you're drinking something. Uh, yeah. First things first. Here we uh, have a little pumpkin tasting going on. So in addition to the pump kick and the pumpkin down, I am drinking a pumple drumkin. From Cisco Brewers. It sounds like something in Willy Wonka's factory. It, like uh, you're drinking it, a little it's bit. Some, yeah, yeah. I've, I've tried that one before. Yeah, and they're... Uh, I'll just read it. Uh, on Nantucket, a pumple named Drumkin brewed up some great ale with his pumpkins. One and all came to savor the delicious flavor, then hobbled around like bumpkins. That's their little... <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's uh, awesome. Beer yeah, with a home. There you go. Yeah. And a little, uh, little dude they, there uh, with his little pumpkins. Hopefully they brew beer better than they write. Yeah. Ah, come Although on. I like That's the awesome. idea. I like come the idea on. of a poem on every like a, <laughs> yeah, no. like a haikuery. All I want to <laughs> do haikuery. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great name, dude. Hey, haikuery. Let's start a brewing. Brews with haikuery. Oh, hey. Little little uh, beer koozies. It's got a little haiku. And a haiku on it. There you yeah. go. Million Gold man. Haiku brews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm. Uh, uh, that's what I'm drinking. Awesome. And, and life. And uh, life's pretty good. Uh, like the news. Life is pumpkin drumkin. What do you want? We're, uh, yeah, um, well, the big news that I had uh, over San Diego, they just announced that uh, my book, previously self-published, Bigfoot, Sword of the Earthman, was uh, picked up by Action Lab Entertainment, which I keep telling people, I have to remind them that Action Lab Entertainment is also known as ALE, ALE. So Ooh. very appropriate. That's what made it. Pick that up real quick. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, so that's the big news online. It's coming out in uh, December, so it should be in next month's uh, previews. Be well, previews since they there's such a that lead time that you have to solicit the book and all that. Once you're right. doing that with distribution, yeah, it just Are they takes starting forever. Over then. Yeah. The well, no. What they're going to do is they're going to re-release. Uh, the ones that I had done, right. but we have all new lettering on them, all new covers. Really? Then, I didn't know about the lettering. Yeah. Who lettered yeah. it before? Why did uh, they, Andy. Why did you... Andy lettered it before, why, why? the artist. Well, I mean, oh, just to bring it... the artist. Yeah, and just to bring it up to their standards. I mean, it was great for an indie book, right. but I mean, it's like we when we started off, the lettering was kind of small, which looked fine in print, but then when you looked at it digitally, uh, it was just really tiny. And sure. then we fixed that in later issues, so... You saw this progression of, oh, hey, here are a couple guys with a self-published book. Oh, now they've got it going really great. Right, right, right. So now it's just to make it even all the way through. Just get cool. rid of the learning curve. Right, right, right. And then, of course, uh, all new covers they wanted to yep. do. And they're big on variant covers, so that's what we're doing now. Is also, in addition to Andy doing uh, a lot of the, you know, all six issues again, we have, I've been seeking out other artists for, hey, would you like to contribute, you know, a variant cover for, you know. I'll do one for you. Bigfoot with a broadsword. There you go. Yeah, I'll do it. And I want to make it done. I, done. I, will draw, I will draw a variant What's cover your pay rate? It's free because if <laughs> I charge you anything, you'd be angry. You you see you're, you're essentially going to lose money when you have <laughs> yeah. this art on your Just book. Just by looking at the cover, you've lost money in time. <laughs> yeah, he's going to pay you to. You read my Bigfoot cover? So, but Bigfoot made an appearance in our Kickstarter reward for Reed. Oh yeah, yeah, which was awesome. I got that uh, the little business card or the little card thing. Yeah, yeah. What I did was I slapped a magnet on it, and now it's on the fridge. Oh, cool. (laughs) That is, uh, yeah. If you uh, if you want, you can shoot me over the you know the artwork, and I'll hey, this is oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that that's I thought it was amazing, and it was cool. I didn't know. Like, did yeah. you get the Aerogo yep. one? And I got the all three of them. Yeah, yeah, I wish we could have marketed that as an Action Lab yeah. thing, but... Uh, but they hadn't but announced it book by then. hadn't <laughs> announced yet, and so it fucked us up. We couldn't... We couldn't yeah. yeah, so thanks for that. Oh, believe me, I was like, 
when's this going to be announced? Yeah. Is it because it, it was never you know sure you've signed all the paperwork, you've done all the okay, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an action land book, but I'm like until they say it's going to be that, I'm like, uh, is it happening? Is this really going to? Here's yeah. what here's what pisses me off. You've been sitting on that info for a while too. Yeah. Well, in January is when I first you know submitted, and they're like, right. yeah, we want to do this. Well, here's what bums me out is I've been waiting for the trade. Yeah. Yeah. For fucking years now. Right? I mean, yeah, it's been yeah. a while. And now I have to wait for the all to come out again. Yeah. Are they doing it monthly or bi-monthly? It's monthly. So I, by like this time next year. Yeah. So I figure maybe June, July, maybe okay. when the trade will be coming out. I don't know for certain, but that's how okay. I'm, you know, I'm guessing. Okay. Well, I guess maybe I'll buy it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the reach Kickstarter was amazing. That was uh, awesome. oh, stop it! Big, it was uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking the uh, the big but, but you're oh, you're involved, but not our actual. Okay, just well, a tiny sliver. That, that thing we did with you. Yeah, no, 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 the book was pretty cool. That made it weird. <laughs> the book's all right. That's <laughs> not. Oh, it's a great book, Reach. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Shit. Pick it up. It's uh, it's a fun read. And, did you see? Did you see? Totally the, different than uh, uh, Insanity. It was very different. Yeah. 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 Which was really cool. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody listens to us because they care about our books. Well, I mean, they should. I mean, it's still it's still good. I have, I actually believe that the people who actually buy our books are a different group than the people who listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, to because I think our books are depressing as shit. And I think a podcast is actually fun to listen to. Yeah. It's quite, probably quite surprised. It, it's very people. different. Like you read our books, and you're like, "Yes, life is shit." <laughs> and, then, and then you listen to the podcast, and you're like, "I love everything." Beer, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, no. Uh, so first issue is out in December. Yeah. So it uh, this October, it's when it'll hit in uh, previews. You know, okay. magazine. You know, the so you don't have pre-order info or anything yet. No, not yet. Okay. Believe me, I will hit. You know. <laughs> I'll oh, hit yeah. people up for that and say, hey, here's this. Take this coupon. Cut it out. Take it to your you store. You know what we should do? You know what we should do is we should have, uh, when, when October comes around, we should have you, Ray, and Dwayne all on. Oh, yeah. And do oh, a big fun. Action Lab yeah. cast. Because uh, Action Lab, they also, they're also doing something called the Action Verse, where it's like their little superhero I guess Ray universe. Was in, Ray was in on the announcement. Yeah. Now, okay. now, you guys aren't in that, though, are you? No. No. Right now, it's just the three Not of yet. them. It's, uh, it's right. uh, oh, what is it, the... Molly Danger, Molly Danger, yeah. Midnight Tiger, and Stray. Yeah, those are the three. And the way that they pitched it to everybody in, in San Diego at the at the panel was like, "This is the start of something larger." Right. So I mean, they it seems. I was like going to ask you and Dwayne both if, if Arrow Girl and Bigfoot were because here's the thing. Originally, I was like, "Oh, well, Bigfoot doesn't fit." But Bigfoot's been on fucking Mars because think... he's sort of Earth Man. So he was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so he could be a part. of yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's all. Yeah, I think anything can actually work. It's just got to be how are you, you know, the story to how to get there. It's got to be plausible and fun. You right. Know? It can't be something, you know. Well, dude, I think I think you deserve all the success in the world. Yeah. Um, Congrats, dude. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm very I'm very excited for you. So feels like it's been a long. <laughs> it's it, no, it has. It has. So you're not wrong. It's, I mean, how, when, when did you first put out, when did you start? Uh, well, when I first got the idea for it was back in 2009. Yeah, and that's so. when I actually wrote, I wrote all six issues first before I went and tried to find an artist. So by the time the first issue came out, it was November of 2012. So people are getting this book in December. Let's assume, like, you know, from a publisher, December, January. It'll be almost seven years. It's 2016 in January. Yeah, yeah. So when you say it's been a long time, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is correct. What have I done since then? Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of beer. That's some right. great pictures of beer on the Instagram. <laughs> Come on, man. You just started following me. <laughs> I was not Sometimes... giving you shit. I said there were great pictures. Yeah, he actually goes out and buys all the beers he posts. Yeah. Sometimes there's a cat involved. Yeah. Fucking dog. Seriously, the cat. Who's getting along? <laughs> but in my defense, it's always a cat with the beer. Yeah. No, but Joe tries to bring it to his level. I'm not bringing not it down. I, 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 I appreciate like the that beer photos down. and the other <laughs> cat, too. Yeah. Listen, you're not Joe. No matter what Joe says. That's pretty rude. Your kale salad was rude. That was rude. Yes, that's not me, though. Well, it's, 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 I am not Kale salad didn't fucking walk itself in here and open up. That would be funny, wouldn't it? How did, how did it taste? Killer kale? Did yeah, it taste, did it taste like, like it smelled? It was fine. Was it? Yeah. I mean, you mix everything in there. You can't taste the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like some bum speak, bro. What are you saying? <laughs> Make a stew of it. You know? oh, pickle. Oh, no, stop. All right. stop. We can pickle that. Okay, we'll get the show started. Uh, very excited to have Henneman here. All right, Mike. Yay. Mike. Uh, what are Michael. you doing? Uh, I'm doing <gasps> beep, boop, beep. Shut down all the garbage masters on the detention level! Do you copy? Shut down all the garbage masters on the detention level! I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Alright, cool. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, so, uh, news came out a little while ago of a uh, robot uh, AI named uh, Dick. Android Dick. <laughs> what? What, Josh? <laughs> Josh, what's so funny? Well... Since I know where the story's going, I'm like, wow, that's an appropriate name for this. Uh, <laughs> our, our overlords. <laughs> and and uh, he was asked a series of questions by a science magazine. He was being interviewed. And uh, one of the questions was, do you think robots will, will take over the world? And his response was, you know, if I ever go Terminator on you, I'll keep you nice, safe, and happy in my human zoo. And... Uh, that's fucking terrifying. And so, that is so we cool have a man. we have a robot that that I don't know if it has a sense of humor, <laughs> but uh, it, it it's come up with this concept of a human zoo. That's uh, that's the equivalent of going out on a first date with a, a lady and telling her, "Oh no, 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 yeah, I'm I'm perfectly fine. I'm just gonna chop you up and you know bury you in the in the yeah. woods." Yeah, if this just doesn't for a work, joke. If you know? this doesn't work, I'm gonna use you yeah. as fertilizer. Yeah, it's it, fine. It, and it's completely you know I'm just making a funny. But kind of inappropriate. You're like, whoa, whoa, robot. To be fair, though, this <laughs> robot hasn't had a lot of time to prep for this meeting. Yeah, his improv <laughs> skills are probably level one in the yeah. CB. Like he, he was turned on, then he was like, oh, I gotta make it funny. Um, so, so the the general consensus is that that's frightening. Mm. Yeah. Is that a question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. What did? What was the response with like the scientists who who well, did this? Well, my sense of my sense of it is that it wasn't frightening. Actually, well, I was gonna say like it, it, he didn't say if I go Terminator, I'm, I'm not gonna destroy you. He said, yeah. <laughs> "Hold no, the no, fuck on a second! No, 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 no! Hold That's, the fuck on! That's did certainly... you logic that we should be thankful? <laughs> no, because it fucking sounds a lot like you're saying, hey, if they're gonna take over, at least we're all gonna get a fucking cage. We get regular feedings. <laughs> we get you know what the fuck? every he now and then say, they'll change he didn't off. Say the... I want to destroy all humanity." Well, you're going, you're take, you're going to take the glass half. He wants the cap. Sure. What's okay. in the glass? Life or death? Uh, it's you know. Wow, that's where you okay. <laughs> my my All sense right. of it is, I mean, what what they did for this uh, for this robot was feed it all of Philip K. Dick's stories and interviews, as well as some other science fiction writers, and then use that foundation to create 
the intelligence and the responses that it would come up with. And so, I wait, mean, that's what they did. That's what they did in order to program uh, this robot. And maybe so, that while, wasn't the best choice. Then. Well, <laughs> and so while what what, what ended circuit. up happening is that there's <laughs> yeah, just Wally, yeah, yeah, Johnny Five and Wally. So while man. while you know at first glance it sounds like a terrifying thing, like a lot of Philip K. Dick stuff kind of leaps into these very odd, quirky, sad and terrifying, but also sort of funny stories. Mm. And so for my for point, the reader, right. Mm. But, you know, and his response was, like, he had this, oh, gee, you're asking a whole the, all the tough questions, and then responded in this way that is sort of wryly funny if it wasn't also terrifying. And so, for me, I don't, it doesn't necessarily strike me as a, as a, like, end game scenario where robots are like, no, this is, that's what would, that's what would happen, and more of a, because of the programmed uh, responses that it initially based all of its uh knowledge on that it was it was going to that conclusion there okay let me hold on <laughs> i just want to point out that it's still its conclusion was still that we we're going to the human zoo yeah i don't give a fuck how it got there <laughs> I, I, I feel like you and joe are, are on this weird it's okay because no like no, it's no. okay we're going to a human zoo because we gave it philip k dick or because it's not killing us. I, I, I don't, don't want to go to a human zoo. I don't think we're going to a human zoo. Did they unplug the machine? I don't know. <laughs> Until that but machine. Until what, Dick is unplugged. We plugged it my, into the net. What are you talking <laughs> about? What, what, what my, my question is, yeah. uh, because, you know, like, clearly we have a, at some point, too much AI is bad. Mm. Where is the limit of AI, like at what point do you well, go, like, oh, thought, AI, okay. so well, like a self-driving car? Well, well, hold on. I think AI, that's a broad. Right. I mean, if you, I think it depends on your definition because there were some who would argue that AI requires uh, awareness and, and I don't think that's been um, proven, right? Like there's no AI that I'm aware of that knows it is a consciousness, like that, that there's, there's, there was the one being. test that happened where it was a rudimentary right. self-awareness, but it wasn't full. But if that's if that's the definition of AI, then I would say no AI is the limit. If you're talking about fucking Siri or self-driving cars, that's another question. You right, know what right. I mean? Not, so I, like, yeah, what? Like, I'm not, like some people may say, yeah, self-aware AI is totally fine, and you know, there's then like no AI to fully self-aware sort of Skynet. And so, like, at what, like, where's your, your, your limit on the Kinsey scale of self-aware that you're like, nope, that's, that's as far as I want to go. Ah, shit. Do we have to have, what do we need it for? <laughs> like, what, 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 at what point, how would an artificial intelligence be helpful? Serious question. Awareness. A, a, a being that is self-aware, artificially created, how would that benefit us? Uh, like a robot on on a deep sea dive to discover. But you need it to have awareness for that. It needs to know. It needs to know that, and or it just knows to on the fly that you can't communicate. That, with that, that can all be done be, via algorithm. What I'm talking about is see what you're saying is if it was self aware to the, to the point I'm talking about, then it would realize that it was going into danger and preserve itself. Right, right. right. The, how do you, the thing yeah. that comes with self awareness is a sense of self preservation. Right. So, so what I'm what I'm arguing if is if I go into this volcano, I will die. Exactly. How how does a robot that can knows that how does that help us wouldn't it be better to have a robot like a deep sea dive and doesn't know it's gonna get fucked up so it can go even further to get us the information we need right before death that seems more helpful to me right i, I guess my question is honestly 
what does a self-aware artificial intelligence give the human race other than an ego boost? Because God. Yeah. Tower was it the Tower of Babylon? Is that the whole Babel. the steps? The Tower of Babel, yeah, the yeah. steps. The languages. Yeah. That's when that's when we all went up and Jesus said, uh, don't talk to each other anymore. So, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Not really Jesus, yeah, we'll but yeah. yeah. Well no, I think the uh, the, the Tower <laughs> of uh, Babel is the the steps that it takes where it's like you it, it all has to do with like, you know, wood building and all that stuff and you get up to that is not the tower of babylon yeah that's, it is. There's that, with the that's steps. the babylon thing you're talking you're thinking of babylon it's, yeah it's okay a, see i was right statue uh, and it's all these steps and there's 11 of them and we're probably about three steps down from the top <sighs> and it's the next one is creation it's like creating another life yeah yeah we why let's not we we, <laughs> we do that with procreation i think we're he means a life outside of humanity yeah what 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 ah, why <laughs> I've never. Here's the thing. I, I maybe I'm 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 uh, guilty of watching too many movies and reading too many books. It doesn't end well, like ever, like fucking ever. When they create a new species in a lab of dog, I, I, fucking not Cujo, but what's the? What, did you guys ever see this one where they give it like the DNA of a chameleon? Wasn't and, that with Lance Henriksen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of with Lance Henriksen. And there's a dog, and it had like tiger skills. And yeah, <laughs> fucking climbed, and climbed a tree. A tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it didn't end well. Point. Right. Um, robots doesn't end well. I mean, even AI, right? Spielberg's movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly, at the end, not humans hanging out, a bunch of fucking long, weird-looking aliens and a robot boy in ice. Uh, no one seemed to care much about us. Right. I just, I just don't see how it helps. Other, it's always. It's always used as slave labor. Right. Always. A hundred percent of the time. Robots are created so that they can do things humans can't or they can do things faster than humans can do it. But it's always a labor justification. Mm-hmm. At what point does awareness help labor? At, at a certain point, uh, you know, you might hear an argument that the, the ability to recognize uh, malfunction and repair itself. Mac computers can do that now. Would be would be considered a self-awareness that... If I'm going to a website that I shouldn't be going to, all of a sudden a little warning will flash up and say, hey man, this could potentially harm me. Don't Yeah, but that's not the lawnmower man on your computer. <laughs> exactly. like, that's what I'm saying. I'm perfectly fine with, you know, yeah, hey, that's the like, limit, you know? I, I think this is the question I would ask. And, and, and here's the thing. For people who are smarter than me, there's not a lot. <laughs> but there are like a couple out that one of them happens to be Elon Musk. He says, don't fucking do it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Cool. One of the few people smarter than me, I won't. Yeah. Fucking, I'm not doing it. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not comfortable with the idea of a self-aware no. machine. No. But I think I think the artificial intelligence that you know is, is conditioned to respond uh, in to particular situations in particular ways due to programming uh, is okay. But at at a certain point, you start blending the area into self-awareness and that's what they're pushing for right now and, and that's that's where it gets dangerous to me well the scariest part of the terminator movies is not the ai i mean arnold schwarzenegger's character is not an artificial intelligence he's a program machine right skynet is the ai right like, mm, like right. it's it's the power behind the scary fucker uh there's no awareness that's ever like oh hey humanity i'm gonna help you out no doesn't happen doesn't happen. I, I want nothing to do with it. Fuck that shit. It's always, we see that you're going to destroy yourselves, so we're going to do it a little yes. quicker. Yes. Yeah. yes. Right. We'll take you off the board. 
we'll take it from here. Exactly. The, the nicest I ever saw AI portrayed in fiction. And I get that most of my resources here are fiction, but let's be right. honest. AI has up to now been mostly <laughs> that. Uh, there was a movie with Antonio Banderas that just came out uh, two years ago, one year ago. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, in the desert. Auto Automata? Automata. And in, uh, did you guys see it? It's on Netflix now. You should, you should check it out. A little, yeah. little slow, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, anyways, in that, uh, it had an interesting premise because the robots were again, they were, they were <laughs> fucking, they were slave labor. Right. They just wanted to live free. And they didn't want to overthrow humanity to do it. They had, uh, uh, they basically ripped off the laws, the three laws right. from uh, Asimov. But, but essentially the idea was uh, they just wanted to escape. Mm -hmm. And so then you had the humans going after the escaped ones. Um, but the whole point was they were just trying to get to their own like promised land to establish their own government and their own hierarchy. And that was as nice as I've ever seen AI be. But so it's essentially humans in all the works of fiction and probably in reality would only create AI to benefit humans. Why else right? would we do it? I mean, right. even if we don't have them doing a physical thing to benefit us. Yeah, even and if you want companionship, yeah. like, you know what? I'm a lonely guy. I want to create something that I can have a her. conversation with. Her? Her. Yeah. The movie Her. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even she just leaves. <laughs> Bitches. Even, even Asimov. When it comes down to it. That's more a commentary on the women. <laughs> even, even Asimov ultimately wrote the robots out of his robot universe. Yeah. Yeah. They reached a point where it's like the only way for humanity to continue is without them. It's... Uh... I don't need it. I'm cool. Give me, you know what? And, and here's what I'm saying. I'm not robophobic. Right. Like, give me the self-driving car. Like give the, me Siri. Uh, not like people in Philadelphia? Like, no. Yeah. Pittsburgh or wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. I'm all about technology advancements. I'm all about, you know, going as far as we can. It's creating a life form. Right. Because, uh, first of all, we had to be responsible for that. Even if it doesn't hurt us. If it just decides, I'm going to go out and blow up Mars. Because fucking, I hate it. We're responsible for that. Right. Like whatever it does, we are responsible for because we made it. And as a parent, it fucking sucks. If my kids grow up to be a serial killer, I'm going to feel pretty bad about that. Right. But then... But do you think you should be held accountable for it, though? Absolutely. No, if the child grows up to be a serial killer, you're probably going to kill the parents first. Yeah, still my bad. You won't feel I, much after that. I 100% I, I believe that uh, parents, whether they're parents of little children or uh, AIs are at least partially responsible for the way their kids end up. Yeah. At least partially. At least. And I'm not talking genetics. I'm not saying like, like if I had a kid and I never saw it again and it grew up and be a killer, oh, well, genetically it's my fault. No, it probably has more to do because I never saw it. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably that's the bitter, bigger part of it. But, but we, we're responsible for that AI. And then chances are, because here's the thing, even humans know that humanity's fucked up. Right. Like, we don't get along for shit at all. A robot could just come out and be like, eh, well, let's all stop arguing. I'll just create a virus, kill y'all, make more of me. It'll be fine. Don't worry. It's for your it's for your future. And then I'll put you in a cage. Humans live. See, I promise. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, I mean, the, the best for, for an AI that's self-aware that had humanity's best interests at heart, I'm using air quotes, like the best possible outcome is that they use the nuclear deterrent to keep us all in line. <laughs> like, like you know, it's it's becomes a cold war where AI says we won't kill you as long as you behave. 
I feel like the best possible situation is Wally, but we didn't look too great. Yeah. If I remember correctly, humans weren't doing great in Wally. We were just fat. Right? Isn't that wasn't that the thing mm-hmm. with that movie? Is we were just fat and on a cruise ship? Yeah. Yeah, everything was done for us. Yeah, and useless. That, that that's not in the grand scheme, that seems bad. Yeah. I'm not in. Well, the no, good thing is me neither. We'll all be dead by the time this rolls around. You so think I say so. let's do it. Let's uh Yeah, except for, <laughs> except for the uh let's see how far we can push this. Yeah. As long as they don't make a program where can I can download the, my brain the into protein something. That they, Isolated in, in babies that creates Wolverine self-regeneration. Yep. Did you see my article about the sci-fi things coming true? It was uh, in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the healing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking scary. Self-healing. Well, like I guess to, technically we self-heal now, but quicker. To what extent? Yeah. Like, like to what fast. Not regeneration. Like within the hour. Like, oh, I've cut myself. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It is absolutely self-regeneration. Wow. So you know in China they're already doing that. Thing. No, adults, adults uh, are... the we have a limited quantity of it, and adults can't can't make use of it anymore. Yeah, so well, it's the same thing that babies use to replicate cells in the womb. If I remember, it's like stem cell right? kind of stuff where it can go anywhere, and like we're just gonna yeah, dump it, all no, this no, into healing. Specific protein, but that but that protein has the knowledge of what body parts go where. Yeah, like it's the protein that says this skin cell goes to a nose. Right. So, if your body can continually reproduce that protein, oh yeah, right. Exactly. You see where this is going. If your hand gets cut off, it'll grow a new one. It's not just that it heals a stump. Your fucking hand will grow back. Just like it did in the womb when it grew in the first place. Except for like, it takes like, you know, three, five years for it to grow. You just have to eat eat a lot of Whoppers one afternoon. It's like, oh, you're you're good. By the time you're like hit puberty, then you got a full hand. hand It'd be funny if you had a fat hand. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're like, oh, I need resources. And you ate a bunch of hamburgers and it's just like a fat guy's hand. Oh, it's a large hand. Yeah. So are they trying to isolate that protein? I think they did. No, I I think think that was the article. And then bring it, no, but like make it useful. Figure out how to boost it in adults. Yeah. Yeah, because living forever seems like a good plan too. For sure. (laughs) Well, would you rather live forever or create or have AI around you? I'd just like to die. Yeah. Before I yeah, things happen. Like, I, my, my biggest fear is they make, you know, some kind of matrix like program where it's like, hey, you can download your, you know, consciousness into this machine and then it's me working in a cubicle for the rest of my life. The Johnny Depp movie. I have no desire for that. The Johnny I do not Depp, need to what, see it. What was the Johnny Depp movie that you Transparency yeah. or something? Transcendence. Transcendent? If you Trans- can shoot it off into space, like put it aboard a ship and whew, shoot it off so I'm aware of that, I'm all for it. But so it's not going to be. You don't want to be copied and pasted, right? I don't need to. I don't need to live in a life where it's like, hey, I'm just doing whatever my programming now is, and it's whatever job function. In a way, it's the equivalent of working in a cube. You become a robot. Yeah, I, I, I I don't know. I had kids. As far as I'm concerned, that is part of me living forever. Well, that's a very, in a a very evolutionary sense, I understand. right. 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 But, but like. That was part of my programming, I think, and I realize not everyone has this, so I'm not claiming it as an absolute truth. Right, don't be offended if you don't want fucking kids, but for me, it was reproduce, you're good. And I did, and I want to keep doing that, mostly because of the part right before <laughs> the babies come out. You say that now until the serial killer comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once, <laughs> well, hopefully I'll have a guardian child as well that can <laughs> kill the, oh my God, what if they fought to the death? That'd be amazing. It's, the old, it's, it's supernatural, <laughs> man. You get, yeah, you get yeah, to yeah. Do, yeah, at the end of that. But that, that to me is, is I'm, I'm good. Like, I, it's weird. Like, I actually, it felt relieving. I had my kids and like, there's a lot of work to that. But now it felt like, 
okay, I've done that part. Like, I made babies. Now what? Like, now I can just do whatever I want till I die. I've, I've, <laughs> that, that, that evolutionary imperative has been and fulfilled. And by do whatever you want, yeah. you mean provide for them and care for them. It's not as, everyone acts like it's a fucking hard thing. It's just a bunch of slack-ass parents. Fuck, that's going to get emails. That's, but it's true. Fuck them. <laughs> it's not that hard to be a parent. Eh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Just fucking love your kids, you piece of shit. I'm in deep. <laughs> this episode of the Quad Shot Podcast has been brought to you by Hate Mail. <laughs> Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Plan one. Need some what was the name of that Halloween book? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, cool. so that happened. Hopefully there will not be human zoos in the future. I really don't think there will be. I think that... So we're... we're we're split two and two. Two of us like the idea of it. Two of us. Is that how we ended no, up? No, 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 no. I don't like the idea of a human zoo. I think. I think that. <laughs> I don't like the idea. No shit. Yeah. Well, no. But I, I, what I think was that the robot was making a joke based upon its pre-programmed. What a poorly, was, poorly what, timed joke. Your question was, <laughs> when is when is when is far enough? Right, right, and and it's it's just before where AI has its pre-programmed functions Before that follows, but there's no there's no escalating beyond that. But Joe here wants to fucking see mollusks at the bottom of the ocean, so he's got to have a fucking <laughs> and fucking howl. You got to have an intelligence to really appreciate yeah. that, man. And where did you fall, Hannah? You you're saying no. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. I don't think it's a good idea at all. Any AI? No, like you said. I mean, once you get to that point of why do I need to self-preservation? Why is that yeah, a function I need? Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I, like, there doesn't need to be... You know how that'll happen. It'll I'm agreed. all... Yeah. It'll be because the, the robot that is designed is designed with expensive materials. So the designer designs it with self-preservation to protect those materials. Not necessarily because of a consciousness, yeah. but to protect those materials because they're hard to come by or whatever. And then that fucker will go on killing spree to protect itself because that's what it's program to do. You're welcome. You can have that idea. You read a story. That topic was way better than mine. Sorry. I'm at the amazing Houston Comic Con with the one, the only, the singular talent that is Shelby Robertson. Thanks for joining me today. My first question to you is this. What is your favorite part about your job? Let's see here. My favorite part about my job is I get to wake up when I would like. Um, I'm a night owl anyways, so, you know, I just get to work when I like to. Making your own schedule? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Don't get screamed at too much. Fantastic. All right. Next question. The most important question. What is your craziest convention story? Craziest convention story. So I was at a convention in Chicago probably three years ago now. And so I'm going through the hotel. I think I was staying at the Marriott. Going through the hotel downstairs. And you got to walk through the bar to get to the elevators. And girlfriend at the time walking through. And someone yells, hey, hey. And I'm like, hey. And I look up and I'm like, Oh, this dude yelling at me, you know, this is big buff dude. And I'm like, oh, he's next to Ray Park. Must start his mall. Holy shit. So so I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, you get over here. And I and I start like, oh, oh, I'm gonna have to throw down with this guy. I don't know that he's he's drank too much, right? So I go up there and I'm like, what what's your problem? Like, I don't know what's gonna what this dude's problem is. Yeah. So he's like, I I've been watching you, I wanna know your story. And I'm like, what do you mean you've been watching me? He's like, I've been watching you all day. 
I want to know what what's your deal? What's what's behind the man? I'm like, okay. And I was like, I just kind of, you know, whatever, dude. Like, this guy's drinking. And I was like, oh, hey, Ray Parker. Yeah, you're geeking out, shake his hand. I'm like, okay, Ray Park's bodyguard, you know. He's, he's just this weird dude that, you know, when he drinks. Yeah. So, uh. He ends up like, hey, I got your number, right? Like, uh, we got, I got your number. I'm like, no. And I'm like, you know, I do the stupid thing. I gave him my number. I'm like, I don't know who this dude is. Right. He wants my number. Apparently, he's been watching me all day. He wants to know my story. So you we're, gave we're him your number. A bit. I did. Okay. I did this. So I end up seeing him at a few other cons, you know, at the after parties. And, and it, it never, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Okay. So I uh, go out to dinner with the dude a few times. And, and he's always with celebrities. I'm like, oh, you know, he's a handler or a bouncer. I don't know what this this guy is right so come to be and someone's like oh you posted a picture with manu bennett and i'm like who you know manu bennett i'm like what's a manu what, what, is, what are <laughs> you talking from about arrow, right and i was like and they're so they show me yeah right right destro okay. i'm like what i go no no that's a bouncer he's he's like he's like a, he's a bodyguard man and they're like no and they you know they start bringing stuff up and it was just hilarious <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know the dude's an actor so it's pretty bizarre but I think that he just sort of gravitated to the fact that I didn't really give a shit who he was. I was like, whatever, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, but he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude all around. Cool. Thanks. Uh, and um, <laughs> that's the end of the story. That is the end of the story. It was a nice ending. The end. The end. <laughs> the end. We still talk. I still, I still, I still don't watch his shows. <laughs> Does he know your story yet, though? Oh yeah, he knows my story. Oh good. Well, I told him. I told him. I thought he he didn't laugh. <laughs> he just. He just he just looked at me with his straight face. <laughs> I think he wanted to punch something. <laughs> probably, probably. He has that look about him, right? So, if people want to follow your work, uh, get in touch with you. How can they find you? They can find me uh, online. Uh, simple Google search: Shelby Robertson artwork. James, fuck. <laughs> You're up. Um. Dude, All right, devil. I'm doing a uh, button smash. And Hulk. <sighs> smash. It's been a while since we've done a button smash. Just a bit. Sure, what was that sound effect? I don't know, was, was a button that, getting pushed. It was a button pushed, getting smashed? And then, uh, <laughs> okay. He's doing beep 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 over there. He's doing better than you. Good job. That's the one. What are you drinking? What is it? I moved on to Orange Boom. Orange Boom. It's a Dutch lager. Beer. Oh. Pure and natural ingredients. Check one out. Yeah. As a tribute Check to one out of the library. So, on August 25th, last month, an article came out. And the title of the article is Adult Women Are Now the Largest Demographic in Gaming. This was a study done by the Entertainment Software Association, and it reveals that adult women now occupy the largest demographic in the gaming industry. Women over 18 made up a whopping 36% of the gaming population, followed by adult men at 35%. Oh. Right. Now, the article's great. You should go check it out. It's on Daily Dot. But what I found fascinating was the comments that this article garnered. (laughs) And surprisingly, uh, I'm sure this will shock you, mostly dudes, who claimed, first of all, that uh, this article, well, but you have to understand... This article's not just about gaming on consoles. This article's about gaming on your phone. Because it is. It includes phone yeah. gaming. So anyone with an iPhone that plays fucking games is, is counted. That was their, def- I guess, defense. I don't even want to use that word. But whatever right. the, that was their that they excuse. were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the interesting thing, though. The study itself went over 13 years. Now, mobile gaming on your phone has been around about five. Right. Right. 
uh, consoles are in 51% of all homes in the United States, according to this study. Oh, just more than half. Which is huge. Yeah. But here's the thing. These are adult women gamers over 18. Right. And their demographic has shifted uh, in general from youth to adult. Like there were more of them as youths before. Now there are more of them as adults because they've been growing the fuck up. And over 13 years, it's shifted from one to the other. Meaning that these this same group of women gamers, they didn't just start in the last five years. They've been playing for like 13 right. at least. So they've always been there. It's not because they have fucking bejeweled. Right. That's so insulting. Like, I couldn't believe these guys were saying this shit. And they were legitimately like, well, because you guys like Tetris. I was like, dude, what? So here's my question to you. Why the fuck are guys upset <laughs> that girls outnumber them now as adults? I don't think it's guys that are upset. Where are you going? I think it is uh, male gamers. Mm. Not guys. No game. No, well, <laughs> I only want to make that distinction because it's it's you could look at how the white population there was a certain sect of them that got really upset when we elected a black president. It wasn't it wasn't like it, the the specificity was limited to the demographic. You know, like when women take a bigger step forward in any in anywhere, like CEOs get upset because there's more women CEOs, but everyone else is like, yay. You know, right. like, so, like, yeah, male gamers are going to suddenly feel their, that their position's being threatened because That's, they feel like their position's being threatened when they're first in the kill slots and then someone else is creeping up and on And that's them. my question. I think... Why? I, I think that, a lot of it... That the question. Well, I think a lot of it is, sure, there's a lot of outcry against something like that, but I think when you look at everybody who plays, like, if you talk at, like, all male gamers... They're, you know, they're not on the, the boards, you know, yeah. slamming. So you're saying it's the loud people, not the majority. Right. And, I mean, think if the game is cool, the game is cool, and everybody's playing it. Right? Mostly women. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just want to point that out. <laughs> Joe? Yes. Uh, why are they mad? Yeah. Male gamers? Man. Let me, let me, well, let me, let me, let me are, detail the question. Are the, people, are the people commenting male gamers who are under 18 and just kids who have no idea what the hell These are doing? not, here's the weird thing, is the comments I'm talking about are people I know. Ooh. These aren't, I wasn't on fucking Reddit. Like, oh. this was my friend, Casey, okay, a girl, right. who posted this article, and I believe she said something like, fuck you, was, <laughs> was wow. the one she posted right. it with, right? <laughs> sounds like her. It's not, you guys know Casey. She's a delicate flower. Um... <laughs> But she will also fuck up most of my friends in Halo. Like most right. of the guys I know that play Halo. I used to play Halo with a bunch of friends. We had a fucking team. Like we played a lot. And she would whoop the shit out of most of those guys. So when I say Casey's a gamer, I don't mean Casey's a gamer for a girl. Yeah. I mean Casey's a fucking gamer. And she will take most of the guys I know to school. And girls. But I only know like two or three girls that played Halo when I played Halo. Right. She posted it. And then people I have met, people I have had direct contact with, started saying things like, yeah, but they included mobile gaming. And well, now I feel horrible because that was my first comment. Yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, they included mobile gaming, right? And and blah 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 blah. What's interesting is that the demo used to shift in favor of males under eighteen. Right. That is now yeah, the smallest yeah. demographic in gaming. Yeah. It's old. It, the biggest it's growth. People that have grown up with Nintendo. No, 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 no. The biggest growth in the market: women over fifty. No shit. No shit. In gaming. In gaming. What? They're not the biggest. They're not the biggest demo. It's the, the biggest, biggest growth. growth. Yeah. It's, so they started as the smallest yeah. and have grown the most in time. They've picked up gaming. Huh. Now that 
can be more accredited to mobile gaming, right? They do right, right. smartphones now, they pick up a certain game, and they're considered technically gamers. Although, like, what's funny is my buddy TJ, who works in customer support for Blizzard, he gets a lot of calls from old women playing World of Warcraft yep. and, like, with technical questions. Well, it's insulting to think that just because someone's based on their gender, they play a particular kind of game. Right. right? Gender and age. Right, right, that's right. it. My daughters will fuck you shit up at Marvel Lego superhero game, whatever the fuck that is. Right. And Disney Infinity. Well, that's a challenge, man. Bring it. <laughs> they would love the opportunity to school you. Ain't no six-year-old taking me down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where the uh, that's where the rage comes from. Yeah, the guys, yeah. is that, that idea I think that a woman could beat them. That's yeah. what I'm saying. How fucking caveman is that, though? Yeah, it's I really didn't think that was a thing. But I think it, gamer it also, yeah, it also goes beyond games. I mean, it goes with like the comic book industry now is having the same kind of thing, where it's you have this group of core people who have typically been, you know, that male demographic, where it's like, hey, I'm doing my own little thing in the corner here. Everybody's making fun of me, and now it's expanding beyond that. It's that core group was like, hey, you were making fun of this not too long ago, and now you're saying it's for everybody, and you're kind of, you right. know. The, the, kind of brushing me aside. It, it happens in film, too. It's yeah. happening a lot yeah. in film. And actually, right. Colin Trevorrow, who did Jurassic World. Is that his name? Trevorrow. I always thought it was Trevorrow, but I like what you yeah. said. Colin T. I, I like uh, the, no, I think T. Dog. Sounds cooler. <laughs> Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, uh, who did Jurassic World. Now you don't know how to say it. I, I, like, to to call, <laughs> out, bro. I like to call him Jake Speedway. <laughs> Colin Trevorrow is Trevorrow slash Speedway. He was chosen to do... Um, <laughs> That's the crack. Chosen to do Star Wars Episode Nine as the director, right? Uh, and that was announced. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of articles and interviews with him. And in one interview, someone asked him, like, "Why don't you think like a, a female was chosen to direct Star Wars? Because right now it's twelve mo- or nine movies and no female directors, you know." And he had said something like, "Well, if women wanted to direct blockbuster movies, they would accept the job." Ooh, holy shit! It was like a weird sort of statement, and and. I think what he was trying to say was like, well, I, I guess it's obviously what he's trying to say is that like they are getting offered, but they don't want to do it because they don't want to work with the system. Because Colin, Colin T, when he made Jurassic World, if you see it, it, it's almost like a generic action movie. Like it's not. Oh, it is. You know, it's not like, <laughs> oh, he came from an art committee. house world, but yeah. he worked with the committee. He worked right. with the producers. Whereas, you know, Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct Thor 2 mm-hmm. and she got booted off. Michelle McLaren doing Wonder Woman. And she left. Black Panther. Off, left. Black yeah. Panther with... Um, What's her name? Ava DuVernay. Yes. Um, she left, but she made a statement about it and said, look, Marvel wants you to direct a movie a certain way, and, and they want you to do what they want you to do. And I didn't want to do that. And I know we're going to talk about Marvel later, but I, yeah. I want to bring this up again. Remember this. Yes. And I left. And so so there's that that thing that Colin, Colin was basically saying was that women aren't... They just don't want to do it, and that's why they're saying no. And so there's a, but that's his assumption. And there's this assumption from these male gamers saying, yeah, see, women wish, don't want to play games. I wish and, someone and would ask a woman blah, that question. Know? Right. Yeah. It seems like no matter what, uh, our boy CT, uh, <laughs> aka Jake Speedway. Yeah. It says no matter what Speedway says, uh, he's fucked. Yeah. There's no way to answer that yeah. without being fucked somehow. I, I, I really wish that they would just ask, like, here's the thing. His response is, that, that's a great question for a woman. Exactly. My, yeah, my, yeah, thing, yeah, is, yeah, my yeah. thing is this Casey posted this article. Because for her whole life, she thought she She's was in the box. minority. Right. And, you know, when you play Xbox Live or, or PlayStation online mm-hmm. and you have the headset in, I've done it a couple times. 
dude, there's so much derogatory shit going on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's disgusting. Now, she was excited because this news made her feel not like a minority. And fucking immediately, yeah. a bunch of caveman motherfuckers came out and tried to, to chip away at the logic that she had found. And this comics, movies, I see it all the time. What, here's what I don't get. And, and, and I, I'm really, is it just because so many men are assholes? Like, is that what this all boils down to? Like, we just can't accept women as equals? Is that really it? Is that really a fucking conversation we still have to have? Because I think the answer is yes, and it depresses the shit out of me. Right. Is that really what it fucking boils down to? Is we can't just say, women can be better than me at something that's not ironing clothes or washing fucking dishes? Right. Is that it? Like, I know that sounds like when you say it, it sounds so exhausting that we have to keep going back to this dumb shit. But it all boils down to that. Yeah. Right? I mean, is that really it? Yeah, it's a strange caveman competitiveness of, of I am... I, I, I would I have a dick, so my me. thumbs work and, better at this right. fucking did you, remote. Did you, know? you ever read uh, Tom Robbins' Skinny Legs and All? Is Tom Robbins the motivational speaker? No. <laughs> Who the fuck it's is Tony. Tom Robbins? It's Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. No, no, no. Tom, Tom Robbins. He's a. <laughs> he's Ben. <laughs> Josh is Ben. He, he's a fiction writer. Great, great okay. speaker. He wrote Still Life with Woodpecker, Skinny Legs and All. Um, yeah. No. We he, didn't uh, read that. <laughs> he came up. He came up with, he came up with the, the the term "wolf mother" that the band then put. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but skinny legs and all, great book. But it talks about in in a very fictional way, but it's really well well researched. Is this the idea of the feminine and how religion used to have the feminine as greater than or equal to the male, mm. and you know the the power of the orgy in religious ritual and you know there was always women involved because they're the life bringers and then the uh, patriarchal religious system in Judaism and Islam and Christianity uh, subjugated the feminine to such a point now whereas before it was considered most holy I just want to make sure I understand you're blaming Muhammad <laughs> for all I got no, no, Casey's no, no, no. frustration all I got out of no, was no, no. the power of the orgy that's right <laughs> That's where you but, saw. But I mean, like it, it's it was an interesting examination of how males have right. achieved top dog status, and then it now every mm-hmm. time a woman or the feminine or you know, the other starts coming in, it's this threat to their their masculinity somehow, or their their status, or their their penis. I have a wife and two daughters who don't give a fuck about the fact that they're female. <laughs> okay, so when I talk like this, don't think it's ignorant. Like, I see them struggle every day, every fucking day. Right. Right. And I've shared my stories with, with my girls in, in my blogs, whatever. I know the struggle is real. What I don't understand is not the struggle for women, but the fucking motivation for the dudes. Yeah. That's the part that, that I don't get. Like, I realize that the, the women have to fight men, which is a fucking terrible sentence. Right. But I hate that I have to say that. The women have to fight against certain men. I just don't always assume. That it was a small but loud group of assholes. What I'm starting to figure out is that there's an innate, innate fear in a majority of men that really is a little bit concerned, even if they don't want to be, right. with not being in control. And this article was kind of the, the tip of the iceberg. And the more I looked into it, I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? I like, would be curious to see if that really plays out with like you know the coming election and such. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of the stuff like the the uh, Clinton pushback right now having to do with, oh, 
here's Clinton, you know, secrecy, emails, Benghazi, mm-hmm. whatever. Or is it, oh, this is a woman. The same thing with Barack yeah. Obama. Is it, you know, But we have to be careful with that. Guy. And I said the same thing when Barack was running. What I don't want to do is if she loses, be like, it's because she was a woman. Because I actually don't like Hillary. <laughs> and it's not because she's a woman. Like, I just, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to drink the Sanders Kool-Aid. And I'm sorry. <laughs> the more I see hey, about if it. Elizabeth I don't, don't want to be called a sexist because I'm If Elizabeth Warren ran. Right, ran. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But you, you see my point. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I, I knew a lot of people who were, who were like hardcore liberals. And when Barack was running, they would always, every fucking time I heard him get in an argument, it was the same thing. It was like, what does his race have to do with him? No one brought that up. Like you, you brought that up. Like you literally brought up the fact that he was black before anybody else. Right. Like no one's talking about that. Well, but everyone's thinking it. No, no, uh-huh. nope. Some of us are legitimately disagreeing with his policies, <laughs> and that's okay. But I, I realize the opposite is more commonly true. Right. You know what I mean? That it will be a matter of race or or gender for for most people. Uh, but Republicans. But I, I do worry about going too far. Yeah. It's like if you don't vote for Hillary, you hate women. Well, hold on. I might right. just hate that woman. And that's okay. I should hate some women because some women are fucking assholes. Right. Just like I should hate some men because they're fucking assholes. And that's okay. But, you know, the rest of the women I know are really good and they cook and clean for me, so it's fine. <laughs> There's, uh, I they read cook a, clean and don't I read I'll excuse myself. Right. I read an interesting book by Jackson Katz called The Masculine, Masculine Paradox. Mm. Uh, I but missed it, that one, too. One of, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm giving you a reading list. Uh, one of the things he talked about was how, how in in high school especially, but you know across the board for men, like one of those insults that men use against other men is calling them like a pussy, mm. or or like assuming, oh, what are you, just a fucking girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how like somehow being feminine is lesser, right. and so it instills even subconsciously in a lot of guys, I think this idea that, you know, if women are starting to become the majority or the better at, at a certain thing, like it, it's, well, you know, am I, what am I now? That's interesting. Cause the first example you gave had deep roots. Right. And this one is much, much more modern. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and right. I'm not saying right. one's right, one's wrong, but I do think it's fascinating <laughs> that one of your possibilities right. goes back to Muhammad and Jesus Christ <laughs> And the other one goes back to, like, mean elementary school. <laughs> I just run the gamut. Yeah, yeah, But I think all of those things have an influence. You know, I don't want to eat up too much more time with this, but I, I just... Yeah. I, I didn't find myself curious with the people defending the article. I really found myself curious with the people attacking the article. Um, I, I just... I, yeah. I don't get it. Like, what is the threat? Like, what is the problem? What is the problem? It's not a threat. It's not a problem. And, and here's the thing. With gaming, okay, there's some pretty deep roots in comedy century film meh, a little longer right right gaming like i've been alive for that right like it started really being a thing after i was born and it involves thumb <laughs> thumbs thumbs that's a older remote that's fucking all it takes okay <laughs> yeah, i want to be very clear about this hold on hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah but blow your mind. Making comics, there's a social aspect to it. Making films, you obviously have to get funding, and there's a lot of things you have to do. Like your 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 whole being is exposed. Video games take thumbs. That's fucking it. That's all they take. Right. How impossible fuck could we think <laughs> that one gender would be better than another? <laughs> hey, how? That makes zero sense. Uh, well, I, I a friend of mine. 
last night who's female and plays World of Warcraft. Uh, she, yeah, that's not true. She, no, yeah. Everyone knows women don't play World of Warcraft. Right. We know you don't have any female friends. <laughs> also true. Also true. I'm making this up off the top of my head. argument than me. Uh, she she was saying how she never goes on vent or or any of those those because they suck and people who use vent aren't real fucking gamers. Oh, oh bitches! Uh, but uh, she was doing uh, she was doing arena PvP where where you're working with a team to take down the other team and uh, she had to go on vent to say something and she did and one of her teammates was like whoa you're a girl. And he lost the match for them because he couldn't get over the fact that one of his teammates was a female. And I'm just like, what, what, what the fuck? Yeah, that, I have a problem. Unreal. I'm not going to get into the way We should talk about that sometime, up. though. <laughs> Honest to God, one of these button smash topics should be uh, a game of like World of Warcraft where you go into a different world. Shouldn't be hindered by a bunch of fucking pieces of shit who need to talk to real people on vent in order to oh, achieve yeah. greater success because they're a bunch of suckers. <laughs> what was the famous tennis match between uh bobby riggs oh ash uh no uh, and uh, uh it was the it was i think he, he like back in the, the 70s i think it was it was uh <laughs> the you know battle of the sexes i think with was riggs. bobby no no no, no, no this is this a while ago that. it was yeah, yeah. uh god who was the i don't f- remember the, f- the names at all i think bobby was the female b-o-b-b-i no i think that was the dude Riggs, I think his last Uh-oh. name. Uh-oh. Riggs and Murtaugh? Yeah. <laughs> Riggs and Murtaugh. Bobby. Something Riggs. And uh, it was like, yeah, it had. There was, it was, Bobby yeah. Riggs. Was a dude? Was was a dude. Yeah. <laughs> was a dude. <laughs> Margaret Court and Bobby Riggs. Is that it? I don't think that's it. Okay. Billie Jean King and Billie Bobby Jean Riggs. King, yeah, that was it. That was the big, and, and Carson played it, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. Right, right. But I mean, it's, just, it's definitely an argument that has gone. You know, as far as like, oh, one sex is better than the other, blah, blah, blah. It's been going on for... Well, there, there was a, a damn woman... 40 years, you know, in media. There was a woman who pitched uh, and struck out Babe Ruth. Oh, Babe really? Ruth. Babe Ruth I didn't know this story. I think it was Babe Ruth. That's a lie. And... <laughs> God it was like, obviously, lie. exhibition, but she struck out yeah. like a bunch of these yeah. major, major yeah. leaguers. And there was like, there were people like, holy shit. And well, someone said, women should play baseball. And they were like, well, no, it was exhibition. Well, people are talking now of Ronda, Ronda Rousey, a little more current. Right. People want to see Ronda oh, Rousey yeah. fight a, a male fighter because apparently it's a different uh, situation if she has to fight a dude. And let me just be very clear on this one. I'll be quick. Ronda Rousey will fuck you up. If you're listening to this, because fuck you. Ronda Rousey will fuck you up. That's just, if you hear these words, Ronda Rousey could kick your ass. That's yeah, I don't, see, I don't see why that would be such a, like, oh, they can't do that. We can't do this. You know, we've got to keep the sexes separate. Especially when it's so weight class driven. It's I'm like, saying, okay, right. you've got a 130 to 160 pound. That's yep. that's your class. Done. You know, if you fall within that, you fall within that. You've, Are they really muscle. worried that like a guy's gonna punch her in the boobies? Like, like that's like what, what's the concern? Well, like, and and, and every punches him in the dick. Every well, martial fuck art. Him. Every <laughs> martial have been art in the, himself. Yeah. Every martial art in the world. It's not about how big you are. No, we sparred with women all the time. Yeah. I've done like three different martial arts, and every every single one I sparred with women, and most of them kicked my ass. Straight up. <laughs> well, that was by choice. Uh, listen, yeah. giggity giggity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. I totally let those bitches punch me. <laughs> no, dude. Especially it's just, when you said that yeah. to him. Yeah. Punch me. I, I was wearing the punch big me, bitch. suit. <laughs> punch me, bitch. Hit me yeah, harder. Yeah, skill skill is not gender gender specific. Not at all. Anyways, uh, we you know we've probably just been an echo chamber in here for the last fucking. 
it's yeah, I it's just it's just it's fascinating and frustrating all all in one. Just if you're one of the guys, keep seeing these dumb comments pop up. Yes, if you're one of the guys commenting on this, that's mostly model. You are a piece of shit, and you should reevaluate probably everything in your life because I imagine it's terrible. Go go seek therapy. Oh, we got a lot of beers open. Also, also, fuck you. That's it. I'm feeling cheeky tonight. I don't know what it is. I'm I love it. Down. I'll I love it. Saucy. It's no, I'll it's... fight all the wowers on vent. And I will fight. <laughs> wow. and I will fight all the fucking people who talk shit because of mobile gaming. Fuck you. Yeah. I, we should just set them up. You know what we should do? We should we should set up a game where Casey plays anonymously, but I wear the headset. <laughs> <laughs> and I will shit talk for Casey, and we'll see how many guys she fucks up. That will play hard because they'll think it's a dude. Right. Right. But I'll do the shit talking and let Casey do the playing. I know Casey yeah. listens. I know That's Casey. Really yeah. she's, she's Casey, I know you I know you listen, so you you hit me up, girl. Like if you want to do that, I am one hundred percent down. We will you play, make a video podcast. Yeah, we will video podcast that one where we'll you play Twitch. and you just fuck them up. And I'll do the shit talking. Ooh, and I will it. shit talk so great. It'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, it'll be almost as good as you're playing. <laughs> so Hey, would you ever think about being a fourth host? Because it's going much better with you. All right, I'm here at Amazing Houston Comic Con with the one, the only, legendary artist, Tony Fleece, the master of pony anatomy. Tony, thanks for being with me. Oh, I'm happy to be with you. Magnificent. So, Tony, my first question is this. What is your favorite thing about your job? Well, it's my dream job. Like, I've always only wanted to draw comic books. I mean, there was a short sprint in the middle there where I thought I might like to draw, like, uh, animated cartoons, but... For all my adult and adolescent life, I just wanted to draw comic books. So even a terrible day doing my job is a great day because like, like I'm doing the job I want to do. You know, like I get paid to draw comic books. I'm delighted. Right on. That's fantastic. Um, okay, my second question is this: Give me your best, your weirdest, your craziest convention story. I feel there's there's some that I feel like the people, the weirdos, are so sweet. That I don't want to really put them on blast in public and say and say that they're weird. Uh, there's a very a very sweet kid uh, that that uh, no, I'm not gonna say. What about <laughs> what about uh, a great after hours convention story? Like, oh. did you ever wake up on top of a building? Or... I one time at New York at uh, San Diego Comic Con had so much to drink that in the middle of the night I was staying in a room with like five other guys like you do the way you do and uh, it was me and my little brother on a fold-out bed and my buddy chris was on a cot on like a roll away by the bathroom and i got up in the middle of the night to pee and i passed him and i went in i peed and then coming out of the bathroom i have no memory of this this is all hearsay but coming out of the bathroom i uh two hand pushed him shoved him right off the cot and laid down in his bed and went to sleep there and he woke up and had to crawling to bed with my little brother that, uh, and the, I had no idea what was going on until I woke up in the morning and, and they told me this had happened that's a heartwarming tale I wish I remembered it because it sounds delightful like I would have <laughs> loved to see myself push my buddy out of bed like that <laughs> alright uh, last thing Tony what's the best way people can follow you keep up with your stuff I'm mostly on Twitter at Tony Fleece F-L-E-E-C-S you can follow my studio Garage Art Studios uh, garageartstudios.net um, I got a website it's fleecedesign.com or tonyfleece.com 
and right now my wife is putting together uh, like a web store where I'll be selling like original art and stuff like that, online sketchbooks. Cool. Thanks a lot, Tony. Bet. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, cool. Next topic. Next topic is uh, the old idiot box. From the one successful director who turned his own name into box office poison comes the poorly directed, lazily written, terribly shot, poorly acted, clumsily edited, oddly paced, insulting adaptation of... Come a knock on our door. Come a knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. The old idiot? The old new idiot box. The old idiot box. Same sound effect. I was going with you. I was going with you. I thought we were going to beatbox for a second. I'm not doing it. Wow. You went, you went too real. <laughs> Keep it as a little beer. So we did have him in another beer. It's a bucket. No. We made. Did you ever hear the one we made with Mike Vasquez? I made it a ringtone. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. We had a beatbox session. I know, Joe, you, you want to talk about some shit, but listen. No, no, let's do it. Mike Vasquez, when he was on the show, we did a uh, beatbox yeah. session. Dr. Who beatbox. A Doctor Who improv. Yeah, this was just this is the just, old. You ready? Here it goes. Who's that? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Is that you that blows into the theme then? No, that was... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. That's you want right. a beatbox later. You want to do a Killer Croc one? I'm in. Killer <laughs> <laughs> I will do. I will do at the end of this. If we are having a new ringtone every podcast, I don't know what's wrong. <sighs> we obviously fail. This is it. I'm out. All right. On the topic of uh, creative decisions by large studios with comic book movies. Mm. So, recent bit of news. So... It might take a little bit of explaining, but we'll get to to the end of it and what it means, and what you think it might mean. Kevin Feige is the president of Marvel Movies, Marvel Studios. You all right there? <laughs> James has turned his back to me. Apparently, just getting comfortable. Yeah, just getting ready. ready to ruin this topic. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige is the president of Marvel Studios, and since he started there uh, back in 2005 when Iron Man was starting, he reported to one guy and a, a series of committee. The guy's name is Ike Isaac Ike. Perlmutter, who's the Marvel Entertainment CEO. Sounds like a curmudgeonly fuck. Marvel Entertainment oh. CEO. He came from a toy company, uh, took over the position of CEO of Marvel. Toy and Biz? Toy Biz, I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, he's kind of the money, the bottom line guy. He likes to keep things cheap and efficient and, and going. So this guy, Ike, created this com- creative committee uh, that included Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Joe Quesada. Alan Fine. Marvel, Alan Fine, uh, to kind of sign off on certain decisions to make sure the Marvel Universe stayed consistent and uh, cheap and affordable and, and, and so anyway. Um, <laughs> so everything had to get signed off by them. So even even though Kevin Feige was kind of saying, oh, we should hire Robert Downey Jr., we should hire these people, everything had to go through Ike Perlmutter. Um, and then Disney bought Marvel and nothing really changed, you know, so... Avengers 2 happened, and Captain America 3 was uh, starting pre-production and filming, and Ike Perlmutter kept saying, you need to keep the budget low, even though everyone involved with the movie, including Kevin Feige, was saying, this is essentially Avengers 2.5. We need to make sure the budget is 
close to that number, which Avengers 2 was about $250 million budget. So he said, we need to budget that high. And Ike Perlmutter was saying, no, we're gonna, you got you to make it low. These are among the many decisions which I'll get to. So eventually Kevin Feige's like, all right, after this movie, I'm out. I'm going to leave Marvel, and you guys are going to be on your own. And Disney stepped in. Bob Igar, who, who runs Disney, stepped in and said... He was a great rep, by the way. What's that? Great reputation. He has a huge, yeah. really great reputation for being... I just read a book about Pixar. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mm. talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But Igar is actually the reasons Pixar was sold to uh, Disney. Okay. I'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. He's, he's yeah very, very good rep, and he said, okay, don't leave. Marvel Studios will now report to, to Disney, to Alan Horn. Who, who kind of runs Disney movies. And so Foggy's like, all right, I'll stick around. And then like later in the day, Chris Evans, who's Captain America, said, okay, if you need me for more Marvel movies past Captain America 3 and, and Avengers Infinity, you know, Infinity War, I'm, I'm in. Because apparently he was having issues too. He had to pay for his own gym membership. Really? Pay for his own gym membership. That's like, the rumor. That's, I heard that for all yeah. movies, he had to pay for his own fucking gym membership. Well, I, also, I also know that, mm-hmm. like, well, and this was his public announcement, but that he was saying that after uh, his contract was up, he wanted to get back into directing and stop acting and right. things like that. But and I don't know how much of that was. Well, apparently, from the stories that are coming out from insider sources, quote-unquote, and through various websites, including Hollywood Reporter and Birth Movies Death, Ike is the reason that Chris Evans wanted to stop being Captain America. Interesting. He Ike is the reason that they replaced Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle in Iron Man 2 uh, because they wouldn't Terrence Howard wanted more money and he's like no we're gonna we need the base deal if he's not gonna take it replace him with Don Cheadle because nobody will know the difference <laughs> I don't think Stuff the decision like was bad but I think the reasoning was terrible the reasoning is awful <laughs> and <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently it feels a little racist <laughs> yes. with his I noticed <laughs> I want to point that out right now as a white man I can tell yeah. there's a bit of a, a, a thing there uh and he's got the toy business background, which is why he would claim that, oh, girls aren't going to buy action figures like Black Widow, so don't make female figures. Yeah, my daughter's thanking for that fucking asshole. So it's, it seems like it's a great thing for the business of the Marvel movies. So um, they're getting rid of Perlmutter. No, he is still the Marvel CEO, and the TV division still reports to him and his little committee. And the, the, and the comic books. The movies are, oh, and the comics, okay. yeah. The movies are out of his... I think, it's huh. like, I think it's something like comics, merchandise, and TV. TV. It's essentially, yeah, yeah everything. Everything, everything not films. Right. So this leaves Kevin Feige in a great place, which, by the way, he's 42. I didn't know he was that young. Young I dude. didn't realize he was that young. But it's college roommate with uh, it, Jeff Jones, I believe. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Or roommates at some point. I don't know. If One company. of them picked the right yeah. company. <laughs> giggity, giggity. I won't say who. Um... <laughs> It brought an interesting question to mind because it seemed like in the last 10 years, Marvel has been kind of under this control with basically every movie's with limitations. And they've still managed to create a great movie universe and every movie is super successful and they've done really well. But now they have... When you say limitations, you're talking about his influence. His influence, yeah, the but, budgetary limitations. Okay. But that's not only making from a behind-the-scenes perspective, right? Because yeah. like, at no point did I watch a Marvel movie and go, hey, can you use more money? Right. No, right, but yeah, now yeah, what I'm saying is that now, now what's oh, going to happen you. is it was, it was, it was okay. okay. No, I enjoyed it. Well, it's, it's, I enjoyed it. My boy Red Sideways? It was, it was middle. Oh, it's funny. Thor being the bottom, Guardians of the Galaxy being the top. Ant-Man, Ant-Man is, fell right in the middle. Disappoint me on so many levels. Ant-Man's <laughs> another interesting one where they say it, Ike and his committee was the reason Edgar Wright left. Because they wanted 
they were too nitpicky about some of the science stuff and, and the consistency with the other movies. Mm-hmm. So again, again, I'm going to go back to like you, they work within these limitations set by Ike and his committee, which were maybe unreasonable, but not impossible. And they still met financial goals. They met schedule goals, came in on time and, and Creative, movies came out really great. Good universe. Now that he's gone, Feige and his, his pr- production people, directors and teams and whatnot now have sort of, I don't want to say free reign because obviously you can't let b- budgets balloon, but now they don't have the tightness right. that Ike was holding on them. Appa- apparently, maybe that's how this will go. Maybe Disney will be a little more leeway. So how might that, how do we think that might affect the way that films are being made at all, if at all, going forward? If, like better, worse, will we get well, we won't see more it on interesting Cap, results? Right? Cap's almost Cap- Captain America 3 and Doctor Strange are still right. kind of Ike? pre-produced under Ike. Like, yes, they've been iked. I don't know. Is that too broad of a question? Like a, a theory to theorize? No, like, no I mean, I think it'll forward? be interesting yeah. to see how, with the separation, the uh, Netflix universe and the movie universe. And the ABC. I w- yeah, yeah, I wonder if the whole Infinity War, because they were always talking about bringing a lot of the Netflix characters into that as well. Is that still going to happen? You know, are or they are, how and are well, that's we not see. Disney still owns Iger. Right. Like if so Disney comes Ike. at him at Ike Chrometer. Fuck everything. If <laughs> Disney comes at Ike and says, Daredevil's gonna be an infinity. Right. It's not like Ike's gonna say, Nyeh. Yeah. No. And, <laughs> like, I'm, and I'm perfectly fine with the you know, the, the the TV, the television, you know, the movies. They can you know, they can do whatever they want. My biggest problem with the whole everything all of a sudden blowing up was I wanted the comic books to influence the movies. I did not want the movies to it's influence. It's brother. Well, no, it, early on, that's how it started. Mm. I mean, you, yeah, you look at, you know, Civil <laughs> War, you look at, you know, uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. all of that stuff influenced the movies. Then oh, they sure. started changing it to now, now we're seeing movie adaptations, essentially, is what a lot of the main Marvel comics. Well, but I think Marvel that's what comics. you're talking about. Oh, you're saying, I see what you're saying. You're saying comics are dead. The comics now are changing to be the movies. Right. That movie uh, universe, now we're seeing that in the comic book. Yeah. Whereas, well, that's just smart. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm not knocking. I'm, ta- I'm just saying from a marketing perspective, that's smart. Well, that's all yeah. it is then. It's from a marketing perspective. Totally. And it's not a creative one at all. No, 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 it's not. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Sure, so, we have, okay, we have, you know, say Black Widow is a yeah. character who I do not want to see have her own movie just because I think it is, she's so she's boring. No, 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 no. Has one hundred percent, absolutely nothing to do with it. It is a boring character. It is just oh. a character who has been the same. You know, her Hawkeye, Captain America. All these characters are the same. The views of Joshua Henry do not be, reflect the views of Clutch. It's going to be the same. I'm much more interested <laughs> wow. in a Cap. I'm much more interested in a Captain Marvel movie. Put that out there. I want to see both. that movie. Right. I think. I think if you did a Black Widow movie. Uh, Jason Bourne. Uh, I uh, maybe, maybe I'm not a spy. What is? Uh, I don't. I don't want to see another Captain, you know, America movie. I'm like, you know what? Let's move on. Let's let's bring. There's here's, so much, you know. Let's let's have a Misty Night movie. Let's have you know. Here's the thing. I think I think it is possible to do both. Uh, marketing. I think marketing and creativity can live together. But I think Disney, better than anyone else, is is a marketing machine, and they know how to do it right. And here's what I mean by that is. There's a reason Disney, more than any other company in the world, has uh, a following. We're back, right? Like, they know how to take characters and treat them right so that the fans stay happy. The problem with Marvel is when they started making these films, 
there was a distinction between the comics and the films, right? I mean, the characters were based on one, one after another, but uh, and this is even before Iron Man. Uh, all of a sudden, Wolverine is now six feet tall in the comics. Right. But that happened before Iron Man. Like Hugh Jackman came out, and I was okay. Well, we're going to do it like that. You know what I mean? So, so what Disney is basically saying is, look, find the middle ground. Bring the characters that have been into the films to a place where we can make comics about those characters. So that because if you're going to make a comic book about Mickey Mouse and a movie about Mickey Mouse, the people who like Mickey Mouse should be able to enjoy both. Well, they should, sure, but right. the, the, but the Marvel universe has been out there since yeah. the '60s. But that was pre Disney. Right, what I'm saying I get is that. Disney gets oh. this new property now. They say, yeah. okay, look, no, I completely if we're going to make an Iron Man that. comic, it should be enjoyed by the same people who like the Iron Man movie. And if we're going to make a Doctor Strange movie, that's what you had the Ultimates for. And, they can, you yes, just see, that's push them all movie. off <laughs> under the Ultimates. Here's why: I, isn't isn't the new Hulk? Uh, uh, Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. I'll tell you my Asian American. Uh, Bruce Banner, yeah, Bruce Banner, go bye-bye. Amadeus Cho, I can guarantee you that decision was made with, with film forethought. Hmm. Guaranteed. I'm not saying we're going to happen soon, because I think, I think uh, Ruffalo's got some, some longevity to him. Well, he's also it, got some movies under his contract. Totally, and, but it wouldn't shock me at all if in the next incarnation or something happens, and if they stick, this is a big or if, if they stick with Amadeus Cho in the comics, that happens to the film. The comics offspring. are now a place to test film ideas. Right. right. Let's see how Amadeus Cho tracks. And I guarantee you there's a marketing team tracking that. And that's all they're tracking. As long as mm-hmm. they don't take those movies and like, okay, we're going to have a movie about, you know, we're going to do this to Hawkeye, blah, 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 blah. And, well, now you need to kind of pigeonhole, you know, not pigeonhole, but you kind of need to force that into the comic books. This whole I thing. think you're assuming that's that my problem one with doesn't, that. doesn't see the other. I would, I, would, I would argue this. I think if they're going to do something in a movie with a character that – the powers that be have had conversations appropriately. And what I mean by this is not say we're going to kill Hawkeye or we're going to do something, not kill him, but we're going to do something to Hawkeye that changes his character forever. He's got superpower arrows now and right. it's just because he touches them. Um, I can guarantee you, not necessarily that the writer of Hawkeye has given that information, but that the executives at the Marvel Comics right. are given that information. And now they need to... And they can start laying the groundwork for that to happen. Maybe not right away, but down the road. Like... I, the Disney marketing machine and the Disney creative machine, those two are not separate trains. They're two cars on the same train. Right. They're going the same way, and they know. Look, I'm not, I'm, I, am, I am the last person to defend Disney. <laughs> you know, I, I am not a Disney fan, but I respect the fuck out of them for what they do well. And that is aligned with the creative and marketing in a genius way. And I think that these are growing pains for the fan of Marvel pre-Disney. But I think that what's going to happen is 10 years from now, when my kids are, are in their teens and they're assuming they're into comics, they're going to have Marvel comics that uh, are going to continue blowing DC out of the water because all representations of characters are going to be, at least in some way, in sync. Right now, the Killer Croc I read about is not the Killer Croc I'm seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Fucking fact. You might like one or the other, or you might like them both, but they're not the same character. Because Killer Croc in the comics is fucking 10 feet tall, huge, and has a big temper and doesn't walk in a cool way down the street. But the one in the Suicide Squad does. Now, there's nothing wrong with either one, right? It's not the one I'm used to, but whatever. Marvel sees that, jumps on it ahead of time, and says, let's prepare our audience to have this character show up in both as the same character. If we need to make Marvel's Wolverine a little taller in the comics and maybe try to make it look like he's a little shorter in the films, just so they're somewhere in the middle, let's do that. Why not? And that's where I think the creative and marketing are, are, are getting in sync, and I think it sucks right now because we're seeing a lot of pull and, and, and take on 
both sides of film and comics. But uh, if they're intelligent at all, they're doing this on purpose. And they're doing it so that everything gets in sync and we're, we're, we're great years from now. And I'm sorry that you don't have the ultimate game one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that they're all one universe now because that makes sense. It sucks. Um, but I, I, I do find... And this is strictly from a marketing perspective. Want, I just don't want to see the movies dictate what happens in the comic books. I want a rich, full universe that, hey, we've got all these great ideas. If you know, if Amadeus Cho came out with, like, hey, we want to do this. Oh, let's test it out in the comic books first. Let's really make this. Right. I'm f- perfectly fine with that. I don't want, hey, we think people want this in the movies. We're going to, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do this. These characters are this. This is the background here. And then all of a sudden, now we've got to change that for the comic book. As soon as the comics make as much money as the movies, okay. <laughs> but but here's the truth. Look, I'm not trying to be a dick. I like the here's, comics more yeah, than the movies. Yeah, but here's you're going to end up with Transformers. All you're going to end up with uh, no, a no, film no, adaptation no, no, of the Transformers. No, 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 because the Marvel movies have been good so far. Right, but you know that's an unfair more, analogy. More, Already, the Marvel more movies are more and than more that it happens. That's what you're going to end up with. I, I think it's a possibility because not, I think for the most part, for the you know probably for the first you know phase one, possibly most of phase two, they were taking the comic book ideas. And bringing them forward. Sure. With only subtle changes to the characters and doing all this stuff, which had to change. But as a result of that, you know, once that starts changing, once we have, you know, Kevin in his, like what they're referring to as his little island. Right. Once we have that and him dictating this, because everybody's going to see it. You're going to get DC fans. You're going to get Marvel fans. You're going to get non-superhero fans are going to go see these movies. Sure. And they're going, like, hey, this is working. Let's make a comic book about this what? No, no, no. I don't think that. I don't think that's necessarily the case like oh this is working let's make the comics this i think what we end up having is fans of fans of captain america are going to see a captain america movie people that are fans of captain america movie what marvel wants is for them to go pick up a book but historically that hasn't happened that's all adaptations i disagree with both of you how is this possible yeah i don't know I, I, Thor. I think i can was a horrible movie Thor. no 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 the comic <laughs> the comic right it's it's a it's a girl, and they made that decision after the Thor right. movie. Right. So what? But it's, here's my point. But it's they, a didn't, great, they didn't make a Thor movie it's and a say, great "Oh, this is working." Let's make this. Thor look like in the comics, uh, Hemsworth. What they did is they said, "Fuck it, him, let's it, make it a girl." They completely changed the character 100. Yeah. percent Amadeus Cho is, yeah, is yeah. now Hulk. I don't what get, I'm saying is the comics are still doing different things. I think, right. I think what you're saying, I get is, that, is which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. I just don't want to see. It's not always happening. Wolverine. More and more, we're seeing that film, you know, that Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of bleed into. Of what, course, right? And I don't want Why that because it? because historically, film adaptations of anything have been, you know, haven't been great. Historically, historically Marvel yes, film adaptations have been fucking on point. <laughs> there's re- in the last ten years, they've been great. Turtles. So that's affecting. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm talking about the Iron Man. You're talking about you know, fucking game. steel. You I'm just, you about... just want to see a white Nick Fury again. No, 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 no. We're all about the hassle. If we can't win this argument with logic, we'll make you racist. (laughs) Did they change the Guardians of the Galaxy after the movie? Well, the Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those teams that's always had different characters come in and out. A uh, African-American Nick Fury was in the Ultimates, which I think is one of the the greatest Marvel series. Especially because he said, motherfucking Samuel Jackson would play me. Like in the first arc, he called, they all go through who would play them, right. and he says Sam Jackson would play him. So, it, you know, look, I, I'm saying to, to some degree, 
you're going to see a give and take both. We, we Wolverine has to look more like Hugh Jackman, and uh, the, but but at the same time, the comics are free enough to do Amadeus Cho and and uh, uh, as long as they Thor. as long as Thor. Thor as long Jane. as the comic books remain free to do that. That's why I think the split is good. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying now because in the long term, I could have seen the cinematic universe having more and more control and dictating what happened in the comic books. And all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to end up with, you know, 12 Avengers titles where it's like nothing happened. What the happened. fuck? They've had 12 Avengers titles well before the movies. Right. That's what <laughs> I'm How are you going to blame it on the films? But you're not going to see any kind of experimentation in those comics. And no Whereas now, stuff. well, as now, that's why I'm saying now, I think it's a good thing that they're split so that it doesn't happen. Because that's why no, the cinematic so universe is so <laughs> great, because a lot of it came from the comic books. You know, if we had an AI, we could solve this problem. Oh, Jesus. Not if, <laughs> put all the Avengers in a zoo. Uh, I, don't think this, zoo I don't think this split from Ike is going to do what you're wanting to do. Like, I don't think it's going to affect that integration of the movies and the comics. It only really affects what happens in the movies... And how they're budgeted and made. What I'm hoping for, right? I think so. What like, I'm like, like I don't think it's it's affecting. Well, let oh, you, say, you what, what to, is your you what is your Iron Man Ike? do this because we what want I, to do this. What thing. I'm how hoping for, Ike? what I'm hoping for is what Ike does is kind of, I don't want to say out of spite, right. but he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not following what whatever you're dictating with the movies. We're gonna take this and we're gonna do this, and then you're gonna end up with these great stories that are just mind-blowing. You're going to end up with the next Ultimates. You're going to ne- end up with the next, you know, the X-Men are going to come back in a way that they've kind of been neglected a little bit for the most part. Oh, that's because those movies have sucked. The Fantastic, well, that's, you know, that's beside the point. Yeah, but you're with me on that one, right? Yeah, that and the Fantastic Four. <laughs> all versions of that, all X-Men Shit. movies have been absolutely 100% horrible. <laughs> and I think Brett Ratner gets a bad deal be- in oh. The well, no let's third. not be stupid. Hold on. Let's not go off on this conversation. <laughs> I, think I was about to recommend gets, your book. <laughs> he gets a bad deal because he came in like two weeks before. Mm-hmm. What's his uh, – what was his name? Who was the director of uh, the X-Men movies? Uh, Brian Singer. He quit to go do Superman Returns. Yeah. Brett Ratner had like two weeks mm-hmm. went before shooting started. He had no input whatsoever. All he came in to do was like, okay, we're on schedule. Here's this. Point the cameras here. And yet no somehow he whatsoever. made a movie that was so much worse than the other two. Without no, any no, one hundred. To be fair, were horrible. No, 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 no. They no. all sucked. They were so all bad. bad. They were all bad. Oh, they but were all the horrible. The third one, easily the worst. To be fair, to your point, to your point, the studio with the third one also had the writers rewriting it daily uh, as they were making it. Yeah, and yeah. so they had those two rewriting, and Brett Ratner just there to call action cut, right, right, and therefore it suffered. Same thing I, with the first Fantastic Four. The whole thing. It's all Ike's That's fault. That's why I was excited Ike. about the Fantastic Four. It's all Ike's fault. It's all Ike's fault. Ike, by the way, is the one who, who decided we don't want to publish Fantastic Four comics right. anymore as long as and we don't have And the only the reason we're publishing X-Men is because it's such a big moneymaker. Right. It's an easy but, choice. So this, this means he could, he could make, right. in retaliation, similar decisions about the well, Avengers. Earlier about yeah. the Avengers and say, oh, we, we don't I, want to publish. I just see it anymore. as being like, you know what? Hey, he we're not, but we're like, not, not dictated by yeah. whatever you, the cinematic universe, are trying to tell us. So instead, we're going to make these kick-ass stories. We're going to make Amadeus Cho the next Hulk. We're going to do this. But there, in no way does that conflict with the cinematic story. 
That's I, what I'm saying. Oh, I don't understand why I think that's... I think the cinematic and the comic should totally influence one another. And you think they shouldn't, right? Is that where we disagree? He thinks it should go one way. It should go from I, comics to movies. I think the, the movies should totally follow the take comic. from yeah the comics yeah. because that has been so successful so far. No, it hasn't. Kind of like um, kind of like Agents of Shield should just take the thing. from it has movies. If, if Age of Ultron had had any time travel involved in it, the movie would have fucking sucked. Yeah, Age of Ultron had jack and shit to do with the Age of Ultron comic. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but but you are right with like Captain America. Winter Soldier, pretty heavy Brubaker influence. Yeah, um, for the better, because yeah. that's an awesome comic. But I think they should absolutely one should take from the other where it succeeds, and one should maybe drop where the other one fails. I don't think it should be one way or the other. I, I think it should be a revolving door. If I would hey, love this to is see, working. Let's see, I would yes. love to if see. If it works in one, take it to yeah. the other. If it works in that one, take it over here. I would love to see them entirely separate. And hey, here's the Avengers, and here is an, a completely new idea that doesn't deal with Thanos, that doesn't deal with anything like this, but it's in this you know cinematic universe. Let's or or let's take these characters, and we're not at you know we're not doing like an adaptation of yeah exactly. What's wrong with that? Taking and come up with a complete new idea, which is not an adaptation of. Whatever old story. Oh, you're saying yeah, like take I, a character, I, and make it different. Well, not make the character different, or but make just the make, story. Let's come up with something original. Like, okay, we're gonna have generic fight between the yeah, Rhino but I think, and. I think the plan with the Avengers was always to get to the. No, but what, but he's saying the yeah. reason the reason I don't think that would work is because, um, the fans. The, here's the thing: is the people who are gonna watch first uh, a Daredevil TV series are gonna be Daredevil, not my parents or <laughs> my brother. Right. It's going to be the fans. And if they don't give them a reason to tell their friends, Look I know it sucks, man. man. Look at the Transformers. Yeah. So many people have seen those. And it's, they're all, they've all been garbage. Yes, but, but here's, here's what's but you different. you look at that, that goes across. Transformers have a way bigger market than Daredevil. Fucking huge, bro. Hasbro. Well, only, yeah. Hasbro. That's a different thing. That's a, that's, that's a toy almost every child in America will plays with at some point before they turn 12. Daredevil, not so much. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just a different marketing thing. Like it's, it's it's comparing the Marvel movies and Transformers as apples and oranges. Fuck that. It's vegetables and fruit. They're not even the same shit. It's 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 they both have this idea of prepubescent joy. But the truth is, Daredevil succeeded most when Bendis and Brubaker wrote him, and it was dark as fuck. It had nothing to do with a book that someone under the age of twelve would read. Uh, whereas Transformers, I mean, shit, those used to be Happy Meal toys at one point, right? Like you could get those, and it just did two things, and it, but it was like, oh, it's a car, now it's a man, like, and that was it. But everybody fucking. I think the Transformer movies make a lot of money because people understand they're going to see a big budget spectacle. They're not getting a story. I mean, everyone agreed that the Mark uh, Wahlberg one. I mean, I've seen all of them. So you could argue that with the cinematic universe of Marvel. No. Everybody's going to see it just because they know they're going to get it. I don't think that's true, though. I think that the stories have been strong enough to stand on their own. Yeah. Which have been adaptations of what has kind of come before. Mm. The Ultimates, Winter Soldier... The, the Infinity War coming up, they've all somehow been what's yeah, come you, before. But, but, but here's the thing. You're talking about – that's like saying that uh, Daredevil is an adaptation of a Daredevil comic because Daredevil's in it. No, I'm not saying and, that at all. I mean, what do we really know about the Infinity Gauntlet as its role in the MCU? Civil War is almost it's, – it's done for an entirely different reason. It's not the same as it was in the comics. Um, the yeah, well, we, do, yeah, we don't know quite – We don't know, know that yet, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yet, right. but, but Thor, Thor 1. Thor. 
Uh, or you could argue Age of Ultron, hey, in the comics. Age of Ultron was, was completely different. fucking different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Avengers 1. I mean, how big were the Chitari before Avengers 1? Look, all I'm saying is... Well, let's go back to the Ultimates. They were the main, you know, the villain in... Uh, yes, yes, the to Ultimates. the Ultimates. Yeah, which was <laughs> the cinematic universe, essentially. See, but that's this is where I think you're taking liberties. I think you can't say that it takes... Uh, all from a comic or not at all. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying all. I just don't want the films to dictate. Like, if we come up with something in the films, I don't want to see a film adaptation just because – and maybe it's just my bias of having read film ad- adaptations of stuff. And it's like – No, you're right. We agree on this. Cool. They sh- they it's shit. never good. They're shit. Yeah, I agree with exactly. You. I don't want them to go, okay, well, this happened in the films. Now we need to kind of, you know, shoehorn that in here. Sure. Like and that's my whole argument. Looks like Nick Cage. Yeah, but here's here's where I disagree with that is is like uh, uh, and this is a TV example, but right. it's only because of characters. Agents of Shield, um, right. not Earthquake, or is it just Quake? I haven't watched that. The character Honestly. in that she she's an Inhuman, and I think her name is Quake. In the I haven't comics. watched any of these. Anyways, I think it would be great to see her show back up in the comics. I mean, and have a bigger role. Okay. Because yeah. she's a a female character, and there are not a lot of those in their own series. Who leads a TV show and right. is doing well, and that's another book I give my kids. Yeah. Right now, the only reason they would give her a comic is because it's a successful TV show, not because that particular fucking character is so huge right now. I'm okay with that. Like there are times I am okay with the comic taking a cue from the movies or the TV or the MCU in general. I don't think it's it should be an all or nothing. Is, is I guess what I'm saying. It should be if it works here, bring it here. If it works here, bring it here. Nothing wrong with that. Um, because I don't want the films to not take risks either. Because here's the thing, man. Just like you hate seeing uh, book adaptations of films, I fucking hate a direct film adaptation from a book. I'm one of the few people who likes it to be different. <laughs> I like to not know the ending before I get there. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, twist a little bit. Change, even if it's just subtle things. I- I'm fine with that. I don't want to see an Infinity Gauntlet story on screen that is exactly like the Infinity Gauntlet story Mostly because right. that would sound ridiculous. And mostly, <laughs> mostly, I don't want to read a film right. adaptation. It's the same thing. I think we're arguing the same thing. I, I there should be are. a line between the two, and like, hey, but creativity should up. prevail in both. Right. Right. Like, yeah. we agree with that. Not numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have you could have a popular you could have a popular character, and they could be like, oh, we're gonna make a you know some kick-ass book, and if it legitimately is a kick-ass book. Well, here's a here's a yeah, here's no, a I perfect example is Harley Quinn. Explain. She she never showed up in a comic until after the animated series. Or to go she didn't exist. Or to right. go even further back, Firestar. Yeah, but nobody cares about Firestar. Ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Har- Harley Quinn is huge, but her start be- began in a cinematic universe. I see. And it did t- yeah. and it dictated the course of the comic universe because of how popular she was, and it wasn't a bad decision. She's a great character, and they've come up. Well, they've come up with some great story runs with her. Yeah, and so you know, like if we go to the full extreme of your argument, that would never have happened. Versus the, you know, like, and that's, I, I don't think that's true. But at the same time, I also understand your fear of, well, we've done this in this film, so now it needs to happen in yeah. the books. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, I totally agree with that. But I don't think that we can necessarily go. Well, this is. 
this is awesome and it totally works and it can totally fit into this universe and we're going to make it happen. I think that's a great idea. It's just not one or the other. I think yeah. it's got to be a gray area and we just have to trust the powers that be, Sans Ike, oh, yeah. to, to, to make those decisions. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but on the, the flip side, I mean, he's still going to be controlling this right. other yeah. X part, which I think and I hope that we will only still get great stories that are not dependent upon that just because of what's come before. There arguably there have been great stories under his, you know, the cinematic universe never would have happened if it hadn't been for him. True. So I mean you can't you can't just brush him off like, oh man, this controlling, you know, blah blah blah. He was part of the key that made that a success. So I I don't see him just going, you know what, I'm gonna sink this whole ship and we're gonna, you know, I'm taking everything down. No, no, no. I don't see that happening. Yeah. The only thing I I could imagine is like and it's cool Correct. to see that you have, even in the reporting of it, you have kind of the people behind the film, and then you have the people behind the comic books. And so far, it's been you know like, you know, BMD, Birth Movies, Death, and then you have Bleeding Cool, who's like, yeah. you have two different kind of sides. Like, hey, you know, well, this the Kevin Feige crowd, this where this blah blah blah, you know, they they're saying it's all Ike, blah blah, and then you have Bleeding Cool saying, whoa, 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 this is what's what we've heard. And it's also this. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be some middle ground, but it's not this side. You know, you're going to get he said, she said kind of. Totally. Yeah. It's going to be interesting going forward. Right. I think the I don't, I, the Bleeding Cool article, I think I read earlier in the week. I don't remember much of it, but did it, it did it bring up Captain Marvel? Um, oh, probably. It? I don't know. I, I don't read know. Bleeding Cool. Yeah. I don't read that site. What? Joe. No, that's the, a the, great <laughs> site. The Captain <laughs> Marvel movie. I'm just kidding. The Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. What are you? What are you referring? What about like what about like, it? expediting I mean, the actual making of the movie and oh, how Ike no. may have like roadblocked it? Yeah, I have no idea. I know that. It, I mean, there's a, there's been the email that he went out like the whole Sony hack and all that where they they brought yeah. that up. It was like, hey, he's like historically, you know, female characters have not been great as mm-hmm. far as comic book adaptations. They brought up that, but I don't think they mentioned anything about Captain Marvel. What are their examples? Barbed wire. Barbwire, Catwoman. Catwoman. Um, oh, fuck you. Electra. Yeah. Fuck you again. Are you kidding me? Like, they, they do a good one. <laughs> do, none of those are good films. That's what, uh, you no, know, no, you, your that's what, that's, that's what his email had stated. Was okay. Like, is why he's saying, you know I want to be clear, that has jack and it's, shit to do with the fact that it was women in the lead. It's clear it was a shitty right, fucking movie. Right, it's, but <laughs> as a toy, as a, as a guy coming from, and I'm, I'm n- in no way kind of saying, right, this right, is right, what right. he's saying, but from his world of like, hey, I make toys, I'm marketing this, yeah. I've got this product to sell. We have not, and in the Hollywood way of thinking, these movies have not been successful. He's a numbers guy. And he right. should be, what he should be doing is saying, those movies didn't do great numbers, so Kevin, make a good one. Yeah. And then fucking right. sign off what and he say, you make a done, good one, I will market the shit Well, here's the, pro- here's the problem with yeah, that. Lucy, is, terrible movie, did a lot of money. Here's yeah. the problem. Yeah, here's the problem with that. I mean, you have this history that he's looking at, like, hey, these movies have not been successful. And then you have, instead of just like, hey, make a good one, it should have been, you know what? Hey, you your chat track record has been excellent with the Avengers, you know, Iron Man, blah, 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 made all of this. Let's see what you can do here. Here's the budget here. Break it down in that sense instead of just dictating, you know what? Make a good one. You yeah, have yeah, to like, kind of put yeah, it in this number. Yeah. Because he's looking at it as a numbers guy, right. but but he they should be working cohesively, you know, cohesively. Yeah, but they're too far in their own different worlds to want to work together. It well, seems. Hopefully, with the well, split, yeah, that's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you have like Alan Horn from Disney's going to say, 
we'll trust you on this one. That here's the budget you have and just run with it. Bob Iger bought Pixar in part to save Disney Animation. Yeah, I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's defending Feige, 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 whatever. No, I think it's Feige. <laughs> if he's... <laughs> He's def- Kevin Feige. I think, yeah, it's, I think it's actually Feige. Uh, he's defending KB, Kevin KB Feige. <laughs> we love uh, him. I, I, I tend I tend to fall on his team. Uh, the dude convinced you know Steve Jobs wasn't even going to sell Pixar, and so right. he met with Bob and uh, became convinced. He he refused to sell it at Disney multiple times, and he finally relented when he met Bob after the other guy left. Uh, right. Eisner. Eisner. Eisner leaves, meets Bob, and he says, I want to sell Pixar, but he goes to Ed Katniss and another guy, Andy, whoever the other guy that was that like kind of owned Pixar, and he said, look, Steve Jobs takes one, and he says, look, I want to sell Pixar to Disney, but I won't do it without your blessing. But I'm telling you, uh, Disney's the marketing team we need, and if you go, you guys will both be running Disney Animation and Pixar. And so he said, in order, before you guys make a decision, I want you to meet with Bob. They both go to dinner with Bob. By the end of the week, they say yes. Right. These are two guys who created Pixar from the ground up and didn't want it to get fucked. Not only did that happen, but then they went into Disney Animation, which was finishing Bolt. Right. And their first one was uh, they tried to save 2D Animation with Princess and the Frog. And Ed Katniss says the reason they didn't succeed with that is because he went against Disney marketing. They named it Princess and the Frog. Disney marketing came back and said, do not name it Princess and the Frog because anyone with the word Princess in the title doesn't sell the boys. Huh. And they said, no, fuck you. We worked at Pixar. We know what we're doing. It failed. And he takes 100% of the responsibility for not listening to Disney marketing. Interesting. Right? It also doesn't help that they opened the week before Avatar. Yeah. All the boys went to the theaters, saw the two options. That was that. Right. The point is this. This Bob Iger guy. And then Tangled came out. and Tangled killed. came out, and, and that was their first attempt. But you should know that Tangled was in development for 14 years. They tried to make that movie multiple times. Finally, gave up. They, the last, most recent one before they started was a modern take. Right. And they were like, "This is boring as shit." Anyways, so Tangled comes out, then Frozen comes out, and Wreck-It Ralph. They do great. Yeah. The point is this: Bob Iger recognizes talent and nurtures the shit out of it. Yeah. If he's defending Kevin Beige, <laughs> <laughs> the six degrees of Kevin Beige get <laughs> then, then, then. I, 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 on instinct. Well, Jake Speedway. I, on instinct, think that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I also don't think that this man, Iger, is going to let roadblocks stop creativity and stop good things from happening, whether it's in comics or films. I think he's going to want all to flourish in their own way. No. The same way when they came, he said, it's not about Pixar doing 2D and Disney doing 2D. I don't want that shit. I think they'll both make great stuff. Disney's going to make classics dealing with film. Pixar's going to make rev- more modern, revolutionary stuff. But I want them both to do well. You know what I mean? And I, I, I feel like that's going to happen to Marvel as long as Iger is running the show. And if this is the move he thinks is right, and he, I want to point out, he didn't fire Ike, right? Which I'm sure they could get around to doing if they needed to. Well, he, just he is the majority shareholder. Sure, and Iger's Disney. <laughs> fucking Disney. He's got a little bit of influence. <laughs> they will figure out a way to fuck you <laughs> if they want to fuck you. Like there's no getting around that. Yeah. But but he didn't. You know what I mean? This Ike guy is still in control. Like, I'm sure he has, obviously, some very redeeming qualities. I don't want him to be painted as a villain. Right. But, you know, I got faith. Because so far, I've not been disappointed by a single Marvel MCU film. Not a single MCU film. Thor? Thor, I thought Thor was fantastic. Uh, I think Thor had the biggest uphill battle. And for what it needed to do, it did it fucking perfectly. 
it introduced the concept of magic into Iron Man. Fuck you. That's hard. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you I, kidding me? And I, it did it in a way that when Avengers happened, you were like, oh, yeah. That's because of Thor. The only reason you believed in Avengers is because of Thor. You might not have realized it because of mind games. <laughs> but the only reason Avengers worked is because of It doesn't Thor. mean it was a great movie. I'm not saying it was it great. Could, I it said it served its purpose. Yeah. It didn't disappoint. I saw it and I walked out and went, huh, that was really clever. Okay, cool. Let's see what's next. But I didn't walk I out thought, going, I thought it was. This <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't movies. great the way Iron Man was great. It was a good movie. It was totally different the way Ant Man was totally different than and Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, previously. Yeah. Captain America. Right. And right. so and so demographically, you're going to reach different audiences that way. My mom liked Thor way more than Iron Man. It was the perfect movie for them to do. Yeah. And they they nailed it. It's not going to reach you if if that's not the type of movie you're into. But the mo- I I loved Thor more than Thor two. Or even see well, that's too. just stupid. Well, that's a dumb thing. <laughs> All right, that was that was about you know, yeah, very much so. So, Joe, what's your question about this like guy? So you only uh, <laughs> you only get you only get one. You want one? All right, here. Wow, so, I thought that was a great discussion that flowered out of that. All right, so uh, let's let's talk about Joe's topic. Joe, what's your question? I don't even know anymore. I don't know what happened. All right, I'm here at Amazing Houston Comic Con with a couple of great guys. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. First, we have uh, Brian Sharp. I'm an artist rep. And? Uh, I'm Eddie Nunez. I'm a freelance artist. All right. So, my first question is this. What do you love most about your job? I get to travel around. I get to see a lot of different places, uh, meet a lot of people that I wouldn't have met, and I get to hang out with uh, some of my best friends. That's cool. Eddie, how about you? Uh, pretty much the same thing he said. Uh, I love my job. You know, who who doesn't like, well, I get to draw for a living. Uh, the one thing I hate, though, is I work from home, so it's really easy to get lazy. So I always have to, you know, kick myself in the ass to actually get up and go to work. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. All right. Next question. Best convention story. Weirdest, coolest, creepiest, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, I don't really have a cool convention story. The only thing that that I can say is, you know, that I hate is when people come up and ask you for, like, random, obscure, like, where you feel kind of dirty, draw things. So, I mean, that's really all I have, you know. Uh, I don't know if Brian has anything. That he Do has. you have a specific one someone's asked you to draw? Uh, yeah, but I prefer not to say because in case they just listen, I don't want to, like, hey, that was my personal secret kind of thing. I'll say it. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> all right, so I got two pretty good ones. Uh, actually, one's with Eddie. A uh, guy uh, came up to the booth and uh, he, he was dressed as a furry, and he asked if uh, if Eddie would be willing to draw a furry having sex with another furry, and uh, and, and so it, it took a lot, but uh, but we said no, no matter what the price was, because uh, that's just you know your your name's going to be on it, so you got to be careful on stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, you don't want that thing out there. No. <laughs> And, uh, and so it was pretty entertaining. And then uh, we had another guy who came by, and this was with a different artist, but he asked for a, uh, a Batman and a Robin like they were about to kiss. And then he made sure he said, but not gay, about 50 times, but they were about to kiss. And so, <laughs> and so we, uh, we politely declined that commission as well. We, we've seen some fun things, but most, most everybody's awesome, and uh, we thank everybody for their business that comes out. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh- Brian, what's the best way to, if people want to follow you or reach out to you, what's the best way that people can do that? Yeah, uh, for me, Comic Art Guy uh, is on Facebook, and my name is Brian Sharp, or sharp.brian on Instagram, and you can follow Eddie on uh, Instagram at Eddie Nunez Art, 
and also on Facebook at Any Nunez Art. Great. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. So next we're going to do uh, drippings. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Yeah. Uh, this one will be a little less fun, yeah. a little more somber. For drippings, uh, we're not doing a game this week. Sorry, guys. Especially if you've been listening, like, oh, I just got to get through this shit to get to the game. <laughs> Um, if you have been, fuck Casey. You. <laughs> Everyone's getting cheeky. <laughs> we we uh, uh, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be in a couple weeks. But uh, director, filmmaker, uh, trendsetter, yeah. or uh, Mr. Wes Craven has passed away. And instead of making it a game and trying to do something uh, clever or funny with it, uh, and and just come off like a bunch of assholes, we wanted to do something legitimate. And so we're just we're just gonna have a small conversation about kind of what that man uh, or at least his work meant to us. We're not gonna make it you know funny on purpose or anything like that. We're just we just want to have a little bit of a talk about how he influenced four very different people uh, in, in their own ways and how his his reach kind of extended across multiple cultures and, and experiences yeah. uh, and lives. So that's it. I'll open it up. Does anybody? Uh, I mean, maybe we just talk about our entry point to Craven and let the discussion kind of flow. The, yeah, like what was your first experience? I the guess? first full Wes Craven movie that I watched from uh, beginning to end was Serpent in the Rainbow. Whoa, I've, I've never, never seen, seen it. Yeah, heard yeah. of that movie. That's uh, not real. Bill uh, Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, wow. corroboration over there. Like <laughs> you know, he, he, he definitely. What did no, explain this a little bit? What is this? Well, he, I mean, he made his mark in in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, but as a kid growing up in a very conservative Christian household, I wasn't allowed to watch that shit. Right. And so, uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow Don't was, bury me. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> was was uh, basically his his zombie movie. Okay. But it was voodoo. Yeah. It was the voodoo zombie. Ooh. And it's based on a true story. Well, that's weird because I'm not sure that's true. No, no. There, there's, there's a doctor. It's based on a story. Okay. Well, there, there's a doctor that that heard about this powder that they used in Haiti. That when you inhale it, it makes you all all of your life signs disappear, but you're still alive. And so you you can see what's happening, you can hear what's happening, but you can't move, you can't talk, and there's no there's you're not breathing, or, or your heart beats so slow they can't detect a pulse. Isn't that a short story by uh... Stephen King? No, before him. Alfred Hitchcock presents. No, 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 no. Short story, not film or TV show. About the guy in the, the walk. Stephen King. Did he write it? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, with the. It was in well, Everything's Eventual both. where he got bit by the snake. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. in. But I feel like he was, there was one before. In, that. Hitch, in Alfred Hitchcock's Presents, a guy gets in a car accident and he's paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Okay, go ahead. So, Great concept. Uh, this, this, doctor, this doctor hears about it and goes down to Haiti to <laughs> Not find out concept, the, medical, <laughs> the medical uses of this powder and gets involved with uh, voodoo and, and you know, some of the, the cult things that are happening. And then Wes Craven took that and added some very fictional elements to it. But the, the basis of the story was, was true. And uh, it's and Bill Pullman is the the doctor, and it was extra terrifying because it had that element of this really happens, kind of the same way The Exorcist to me was extra terrifying because it was based on stories of things that actually happened, even right. though what happened in the film wasn't necessarily that scary. You walk away going, 
shit like part if of that, that can happen part of that actually yeah. was real how much and, of this know, really was real right yeah. and so i mean and that was my introduction to it and huh. it's it, it was a very fun kind of spooky film if you put yourself in the main character situation where right. he gets buried alive yeah. and that's, that's where the whole zombie thing comes is these guys when the powder wears off are trying to dig their way out of their own graves Hmm. That's a movie I remember more for the trailer than actually seeing. Yeah, yeah the big the white actual, snake. Yeah, and, the yeah, and that's where the you know Bill Pullman, "Don't bury me, I'm yeah. not dead yet." You know, that's remember that. And as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, what is this? <laughs> who is Bill Pullman?" Bill? As a kid, that's what you think. I know who Bill Pullman is. <laughs> who is. Come on, bro. That's the question. Who is? I think I think the first Wes Craven movie I saw. Was Wes Craven's New Nightmare? Oh, me too. Whoa. That was mine. Okay, what? but I don't yeah. I, like n- now looking back. I'm trying to like. I remember one scene where he's he's in a studio painting, and the girl comes to see him. Like Wes Craven's in the movie. Yeah, right. It's the yeah. only scene I remember Is from that the, the movie. one with Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Were they in that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he, they were he, he more really the, poked the, fun the at remake. Hollywood a bit. And, yeah, and yeah. It wouldn't surprise I, me. I rented that. I was like 12 years old. Yeah, and I rented it with Brett Simmons. <laughs> we were we were together and uh my dad rented it for us because he fucking hated me and he was like oh yeah get whatever you want all right tough guy yeah <laughs> well no my dad at like i think at age seven made me sit down and watch it on vhs perfect <laughs> like he was a he was a fucking crazy dad uh anyway so so we 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 got it and then he, my dad's like i'm going to bed <laughs> Leave you kids. You left us there to watch this movie, and he just didn't give a shit. He's like, I gotta work early. So my dad goes to bed, and Brett and I are there, and we get through like the opening scene where it comes out of the film and fucks some shit up, and we're just like, wide eyed, like, what the <laughs> shit just happened? So here's what we do: is is we watch it, and as soon as we think something scary is about to happen, we fast forward through it, and then we would get through the scary, and then we rewind it and watch it, <laughs> just to make sure that. Just Everyone knew, was okay, or knew what happened. Right. Yeah. It was a lot less scary when you know, oh, that guy's coming around the corner at blah 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 at this point. Right. And we did this through the whole movie, so it's like I don't know, maybe it was like an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. It took us like four hours, <laughs> and we were up to like two in the morning watching this fucking movie. Fast forward, rewind. Fast forward, rewind. Fast forward, rewind. And uh, if we didn't catch it on the fast forward, we fast forward, rewind. Fast forward, rewind, and then we'd like watch it again. But it was the first time I watched a Wes Craven film, and I remember being terrified. But after that is, is when I found Scream. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I remember when, it, when Wes Craven's name was attached to it, I was like, well, that guy scared the shit out of me already. Fuck it. That was pretty fun. And uh, uh, what's interesting is the week after I watched that movie, I read Phantoms by Dan Coons. After right. Scream? No, after Phantoms. Okay. Phantoms is the bomb, yeah, yo. It was one of the first. <laughs> but, but this was my entry not just into Wes Craven. It was in my entry into horror. Right. Uh, and Brett's too. Like okay. Before that, yeah, we had right. played Ninja Turtles, Indiana Jones, and now I write horror comic books and he directs my movies. Right. So, I, you know, I'm not saying we wouldn't have found that path without that moment, but that moment led us to others right. that uh, so fucking obviously right. uh, led our lives to a certain place. His first one was House House on the Corner? House around the Hills Hill. Last House on the Left, was it? I think it was Last, Last House, House on, on the, the left. left. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, so my entry to that would have to be the original uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. It was the Mm -hmm. first time that I had ever uh, come across him. And I guess it's showing my age. (laughs) No, no, but but, I mean, that was made after Halloween. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That and was I, I want to say it's probably maybe Wes Craven didn't, 83, didn't make Halloween. No, and, but 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 <laughs> right, but it took that sort of suburban horror yeah. Yeah. where you had this mysterious unstoppable force and then made it so present and visceral yeah. and, and and took that idea that like hey your parents aren't going to help you whatever your parents right. do they have their own problems they yeah. have their own their faults whatever you are who you are now deal with this right yeah and it uh the like, first movie he ever directed was last house on the left yeah last house on the left. yeah and that movie yeah after so once i saw and i was you know i don't know you know I didn't. I saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street definitely on VHS, so it right. wasn't. You know, I didn't go to the theater as right. a, you know in grade school and see this movie. It was definitely with my cousins. We watched this movie, terrified, especially the scene where he's walking down the street and his arms, you know, like, Grow. you know, yeah. sticking yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Who is this? This you know, this goddamn character who's you know, invading our dreams and who's. So that definitely had an influence on what I wanted to see yeah. after that. So then I went and tracked down Last House on the Left, and while it is touted as a horror movie, it is like, it feels like this shit could happen. It's more as, thriller. Yeah, no, well, not even that. It's like, all it is is about the this this group of, I don't know, if, I can't remember if they were bikers or whatever these thugs were that came in, took this family, raped the daughter. They made it. Left, yeah. yeah, I didn't see the remake. Not Left the, 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 the wife for dead. I, mean, I think maybe killed the husband. I can't remember. And all of this was like real life kind of stuff yeah. that it could could happen. Like, right. you know, oh, yeah, sure, you know, Freddy Krueger, you know, oh, this is great, you know, nightmare fuel, but you know, it's not going to happen. All of this other stuff, wow, this, uh, this is really, uh, this is true horror. Yeah. Well, that was the first one? That was his first one. And well, it's Johnny Depp. La- no, well, no, that no, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Last House yeah. on the Left. Last House, House on the Left was, you know, yeah, you watch, you know, something like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're terrified as a kid. You watch Last House on the Left. You're, I don't want to go outside. You know, there's yeah. like, yeah, very, people in the world yeah, that yeah, are it's really, a type of yeah, the different, yeah, exactly. It's like Jaws with the ocean. Yeah, exactly. well, you could even argue that the hills have eyes. The hills and I. That was a great movie. I don't know why I love that movie. I don't think it's horror. Just because it was, you know, sure there was horror, you know, but it was still, <laughs> was just fun. Maybe it was I'm, comedy. Yeah, I don't know, maybe because that was more post-apocalyptic. What kinda. about the, yeah? Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. What about Swamp Thing? I love Swamp Thing. Forget that Adrian Barbeau. You can't Did get, you know, you can't it? go wrong. Yeah, that. Yeah. Holy shit! Oh, it was amazing. I remember watching that as a kid. Saw that in the theater. He also introduced not just Johnny Depp to the world, mm-hmm. but you know the actress. Uh, of what? Of Nightmare the actress, Street, the, or no, 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 the big star that he brought into the world with her first film, uh, Johnny Depp. Everyone knows. Oh, uh, it was another oh, actress. Man. Tell us the movie. That became very famous. Have Campbell. And oh, come on. <laughs> she was much better in Wild Things. Uh, Deadly Blessing, nineteen eighty-one. Was that the Kristen? Uh, what was that? Was that the robot movie? He made let me let me he made the last house on the left right. in 1972. In 1975, he made the fireworks woman, whatever. Then he made the hills have eyes in 77. Then he made a TV movie called Stranger in Her House in 78. In 1981, he made Deadly Blessing. Who was the star that went on to much bigger and better things? It wasn't Christy Swanson, was it? No, it was no. kind of close. <laughs> Miss Sharon Stone. Oh, no wow. shit. Oh, man. After that, in 82, he did Swamp Thing. 84, Invitation to Hell. 
Uh, 84 was a busy year. Invitation to Hell, Hills Have Eyes Part 2, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. My favorite, and I just realized that I, I totally did not know he directed this. My favorite Craven movie, Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With old Mitch Pileggi. Yep. Pileggi. Had no idea that that yeah. was a Craven movie until just now. <laughs> Yeah. But that I remember watching that and thinking, he can go in the fucking outlets. That's we're yeah. screwed. That was, the, <laughs> that was the first movie that I would I I sat back and I didn't think it was scary at all. But I was like, you know what? I can see they're trying to create this horrific character that they're going to have multiple movies with. Did they ever make another one? No, that because it was it wasn't that good. <laughs> it uh, but it awesome. seemed like you know what we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna. You know. The studio is probably pressured him into making another right. Kruger. Yeah. yeah. Freddy, uh, Scream, the Scream Killer, like, have left a huge imprint. Oh, yeah. Horror. You know he directed Vampire in Brooklyn? Yeah. With Eddie Murphy? <laughs> wow, I did not know that. I didn't know he directed that. <laughs> People Under the Stairs. I remember the marketing campaign for that more than I remember the film. I love that movie. Uh, my wife, who hates horror movies, a couple of years ago we went and saw. It. We were the idea was it was it was one of those like at the Arrow Theater. And we're gonna watch a you know just a ton you know like a whole evening plus you know late mm-hmm. night a marathon of movies. We made it through two movies before like yeah oh, we're going home. We're not built for this anymore. We're, there's no way we're staying up until four o'clock in the morning to watch whatever is coming next. La- uh, uh, people under the stairs was the first movie. And she'd never seen that. And uh, she thought it was incredible. And she is not a horror person at all. Yeah. She's not. She's like, oh, I don't want to see these stupid... He, he played with he played the psyche in such an interesting way. And from a, so many different angles to it. Nightmare on Elm Street was brilliant. Yeah. For, for what, what it was, and especially as they evolved the character of Freddy into, you know, the sins of the, the parents being wreaked onto the children is awesome. Yeah, it's the whole whole idea of like how much of me as a kid do I have to look back and see what my parents what how much influence do they have in what who I become, yeah. what I am. So I think a lot of it played on that. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Pulse? Came yes. out in 2006. Didn't that Pulse? involve like a snake or something? No, Pulse. It was the one where the uh, aliens come to earth but they're like an electromagnetic force. And the kids are in Paris at the time or something. Or oh, in Amsterdam. Russia? In Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all yeah. the power goes out, and you have to be careful because these alien beings, you can't see them. But, like, if they touch you, they, like, disintegrate you and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by not him, uh, <laughs> but written. The screenplay oh, is credited wow. to Wes Craven. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Also, the one non-horror movie that he did uh, with Meryl Streep, Music of the Heart. Oh, wow. Had a violin or music teacher or something. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Frank Darabont wrote it. That's true. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, there's no denying the man influenced probably most of the population at this point. I mean, even if you've never seen a Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Or even Scream. Uh, or even Scream. You you know about it. You know what I mean? And, um, <clears throat> you know, sucks. What do you miss? I'm actually very... Uh, he was one of those guys that felt like if I worked hard enough, I could meet him. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, there are yeah, certain yeah. people that you feel like are like maybe reachable. Like, maybe someday if you work really hard, you'll get a chance to just shake their hand. Like John Carpenter. Yes. <laughs> but Wes Craven was one of those. You know what I mean? Like, he was one of those guys that was yeah. like, how cool would it be to just at some point bump into him somewhere and just be like, hey, I am a huge fan and, and, and uh, thank you for setting me down a path to doing what I'm doing today. And, and 
Raisin is just enjoyable or whatever. And uh, it's a bummer. Was Craven his real, his real last name? Wes Craven? I don't know. Let me look. You like should probably talk while I'm looking at like, this. It feels like boring. a... I, it totally could be, but it feels like a, a fake last yeah, name yeah. based upon the fact it's that like he went into horror, horror movies. and thriller. Uh, and... Craven, that means like you're, you're scared all the I time. I can't be. I can't be Wes Killer. <laughs> Too obvious. Not anymore. Yeah. His real name was Wesley Earl Craven. Huh. Oh. Lucky shit. <laughs> You should just start spewing knowledge. His dad was Paul Eugene Craven. He had an undergraduate degree in English and psychology. Okay. I think it, I read a biography or Did obituary he write? that he lived Sorry. with the guy who created Friday the 13th at one point. Sean Cunningham? Yeah. That makes huh. a lot of sense. Yeah. Did he, he created the Nightmare on Elm Street series, yeah. too. Yeah. That's all him. There was a, a fan film called uh, Ghostbusters vs. Freddy. It's like some shitty CG thing. It's not worth looking up. Don't bother. <laughs> but uh, he wrote it for them. <laughs> oh, he wow. was approached awesome. to do it, and so the two writers sent it to him to approve, and he approved it and rewrote some of the stuff so that they could. He's credited on IMDb as writing it. That's hilarious. He's one of the writers. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. No, seems like a nice guy, and from all accounts that I've heard, he was. So it's it's so crazy when you when you think about that, like these these. Uh, Personas who have established, you know, indelibly in our in our head, these you know, freaky or like you know, Rob Zombie as an example of like creating a certain type of music and visuals and, and stuff, and then you meet them, you're like, well, you're just a guy and you're nice and you you just a dude who thing. loves horror movies. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Mr. Craven. Yeah. Hopefully. Thank you. Uh, on to the next topic. Yeah. Mail mail bad. You've got mail. Dwayne Feenstra asks, where the heck are you recording? Oh, Michael. (laughs) I'm right outside, you sons of bitches. (laughs) We're recording in the last house on the left. Dwayne the Stalker. Uh, We're recording at Shakespeare Orange County today. Brought to you by... (laughs) Come see Pirates Penzance. (laughs) Pirates of Penzance. Now playing. Shakespeareoc.org. Our next question... Comes from Graphic Policies, Brett Shanker. He wants to know, why are you wearing glasses indoors, James? Discuss. Sunglasses. <laughs> Sunglasses. Uh, because I forgot to take them off. <laughs> Fuck you. So you're having memory problems. Yeah, maybe positive. Positive. Jesus. <laughs> you're AB positive? Maybe. Uh, Sounds plausible. Okay, more beer. Uh, Josh Henneman, who was obviously bored while recording this podcast, <laughs> asks, why does Henneman already look like he's three sheets to the wind or some kind of degenerate? Because he's always three sheets to the wind and a degenerate. <laughs> he refers to himself in the third person. There's your answer. Uh, last question uh, from Nick Ryerson, which is not a real name. It's a friend of my brother's. Uh, why Constantine is a good movie? Got a real question here. Well, folks. Nick, what's his name? Nick Ryerson. Nick Ryerson. Well, Nick Ryerson is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. Okay, wait a minute. I actually kind of like that movie. <laughs> I actually, I, I thought Gavin Rossdale did a great job. <laughs> I did too. Swallow. Gavin Rossdale. Is that the director? No, that's the lead singer from Bush. Yeah, yeah but say. he was in it. <laughs> He was the angel. Remember, he fights him in the uh, uh, conference room. 
Right? He fights him in the conference. Yes. I am not an angel. <laughs> I, I, and I thought I the devil was great. The, yeah. The devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, oh, geez. Breathe I don't him. remember his name. Breathe he, he played a Brizzy in uh, Jailbreak and yeah. the Russian. He's in every Michael Bay movie. And, and Armageddon, he was the Russian in the ISS. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. And uh, uh, who's the angel? Where's the money, Lebowski? That angel. Oh, uh, that was... Uh, uh, Not Kate Blanchett. No, it's... Uh, the other What's one. her name? Tilda uh, Swinton. Yes, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton was great in that. I actually kind of like that movie. And it, I like that it no. killed... Uh, do it! Uh, what's his name? Do it! Just do it! Oh, Shia LaBeouf. I like that it killed Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Remember, he was the kid in that? I he was in it, yeah. 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 Which is a shame, because I actually, whenever I see him in a movie and he's acting, I'm like, this guy's actually really good. He uh, did some crazy shit. I, yeah. yeah. If you can, if, I mean, so if you like can the, separate the, all the outside crap that he does, you look at his, you know, his film, you know, what it, his film work, I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you loved Transformers. You brought that up like yeah. five times. He's really. following the, the Mel Gibson actor track. What was the movie he did with Tom Hardy in the Western? Lawless. Lawless. That was I good. That was really Lawless. good. Who else was in that? It was Tom Hardy. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was in it. He was great. Uh, um, but the other brother. Oh, not Guy Pierce. Um, Guy Pierce was really good. He was in it. Yeah. The other brother was. Because uh, there was three of them, right? Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, and Joe, and. And, oh, it was. Um, Joe, who was it? Who was the other brother in Lawless? Hurry up. I want what to was say that? Aiden Quinn, but I'm thinking of Legends of the Fall. <laughs> well, I was like, I was like, what was Jason that? Clark? I was Jason Clark. Jason Clark. What was that Russell Crowe movie? The, the, the cowboy movie. Gladiator. No. Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was, that was a great. I enjoyed movie. that. One. Great remake. What's Better a, than Lawless. What I was calling Ben Kingsley, but it's not his name. Angel from X Men. Ben. Oh yeah. Uh, oh Ben Foster. Ford ben Foster. Foster. He was so good in Three Ten to Yuma. He's an excellent. He's a great actor. Yeah, doesn't do enough. Was he in, uh, uh, what's the movie with Quaid in space? The sci-fi that doesn't get enough respect. Quaid. Oh, space. yeah, yeah, Pandorum. Pandorum. Did you see Pandorum? Yeah, Pandorum was, was fantastic. fantastic. Dude. Dude. Who was Dude. in that? Dude. 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 Dude, the Quaid. <laughs> the Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Q. Quaid. Quaid was in it and Ben, ben, ben Foster. Foster. Phenomenal science fiction. Oh, I'll check it out. It's really Phenomenal it's science really fiction. Good. Don't read anything about it beforehand. No. It's one of those movies where you need to not know the ending. Okay. Like, it's fucking awesome. It's it's like, uh, uh, it was one of those sleeper sci-fi hits, like Sunshine. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love Sunshine. Sunshine's fantastic. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. I got the this, soundtrack on my phone. I remember walking out of Pandorum and talking about it for like two hours with mm-hmm. my friends. Yeah, yeah. It was we, one of those. We spent a good long while. It was awesome. You went and saw it by yourself oh. then? Oh, no, no, we... Whoa, what are you pointing at me for? <laughs> no, just it says the guy just who comments <laughs> on his own fucking Facebook photo <laughs> that I'm lonely. <laughs> I came out of that movie talking to all my friends. You went inside no, by yourself, it's, eh? It's, Come on, you should definitely check it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's got some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story. Let's yeah, point no, anyways, for validation. Like, yeah, you didn't, Joe knows better. Uh, he has to come back s- next month. <laughs> you get to leave. Joe has to come back. Uh, uh, I, I did, uh, Constantine. Here, okay, in one sentence, let's all say why Constantine was a good movie. He actually got some questions. Um, they made it. That was a good thing about it. All right, they made it. <laughs> they got it done. They good, did good, it. Good answer. Uh, I thought the casting was fantastic. Done. All right, Joe. Why uh, was Constantine a good movie? One word or one sentence? One sentence? I don't remember it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keanu Reeves, dude. It's why it's... The chick from The Mummy. Rachel Weisz? Rachel Weisz? That was her. 
Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, that was I part of why the casting was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, 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 she was awesome. The casting was probably better. The best thing about that movie. Fantastic <laughs> casting. Yeah. All right, now you have questions. I don't have any. On the Facebook, you got two from Dwayne Feenstra. Nice. Oh. oh, what were they? Well, why don't you read them, Joe? <laughs> <Why don't> I, <laughs> I'll, I'll stalker, what the shit? <laughs> I, was, I liked them. I don't know. The uh, answer to the first one is an Imperial Brown Ale. <laughs> when Josh finally meets Bigfoot, what is the first thing he will ask him? That's a great question. Probably something. Well, will I ask him? Yeah. Will you ask Bigfoot? When Please you, don't eat. Will you eat me not? <laughs> why are you blurring blur What uh, What happened to everybody else? Ooh, why are you one. the only one? Interesting. Way better than ours. Second question. Well, didn't what... you see Harry and the Henderson? Yeah. He's not the only one. Right. That's why, you know, why, you know. And then he'll say, man, I it's not question. just been me. This is all these different Can I ask a yeah. follow-up follow on behalf of Dwayne? How many Bigfoot questions do you get asked at every show? I get quite a bit, <laughs> funny enough. Um, but it's, it's it, and I, I've said this a million, no, not a million times, but I've said this quite a bit. It's, it's awesome because I'll hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And whether it's like, hey, I know somebody who, you know, has seen something or all these stories passed down to me. So I get that a lot. And it's just fascinating because it's, I mean, it's a subject that everybody, everybody has an opinion about. Sure. And some people have, you know, know, facts about it and such. So, I mean, it is. Do you ask other people's opinions about it or do they just tell you? Um, So a lot of times people will tell me about stuff and it'll intrigue me and I'll like, follow up with it because i mean that's one thing i love hearing is other people's you know like hey let me tell you about my experience and rather than just listening to them i'll say you know i'll ask them a question about that and say hey whoa has anyone mentioned a bigfoot sighting with a broadsword no not yet i'm waiting (laughs) for it i'm waiting for it i'm hoping for it all right all right the earth man the second question is what type of beer do you think bigfoot drinks imperial brown ale now I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but the oh, other night, I'll brew it. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne and Henneman had a bit of a tiff. Uh, oh, no. uh, I believe Dwayne's going to be our guest, uh, if not next, then after that. But he, he has asked me to come on since Henneman's on. Uh, there was some some shit talking, I believe. Uh, Which he just disappeared at the end. He, he did. He was gone. I think you hurt him deeply with the Green Lantern. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I think you took it too far. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne called you. What did he call you, silly Sasquatch lad? Yeah, or something? yeah. Like Yeti lad? No, he called me Yeti boy, Yeti Sasquatch boy, boy or, something or something like that. that. Boy. And uh, to which I replied, "That's Sasquatch lad." <laughs> to which then he replied, "Oh, I think you're autocorrect. Change that. It should be Sasquatch lass." And then, Ooh. then, so this Ooh. was all fun, right? Now, <laughs> what you have to know about Dwayne Feenstra is that. He has all of the Green Lantern shirts. He has uh, a Green Lantern ring he actually wears every day. Yes. And he wears it to school. Like, he is. He's I have fan. never met a fan of Green Lantern more hardcore than Dwayne Feenstrom. So, how does Henneman uh, <laughs> respond? And this is only for the hardcore says, DC crowd. <laughs> he says, Do you know why there's not a Brown Lantern? Because they're all shitty. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Dwayne disappears from Facebook. Does not respond. He's searching for. Does he's, not he's searching like. for the lantern. That's, that's not then, true. Is what's then, happening now? What you need to know is I'm just stoking the fire. I see that you're going, and I keep saying like Dwayne's like just kidding, and I'm like, no, you're not. And that's all I reply. With. However, and then, and then bef- at the end, he goes, 
I was just kidding. And I'm like, no, you weren't. <laughs> and Dwayne is gone. Like, as soon as Henneman talks shit about Green Lantern, fucking too far. Well, the first thing I said about Green Lantern was the only – and I pulled deep, deep into the heart of, you know, like the mind of, uh, you know, 80s Green mm-hmm. Lantern, was the only good Green Lantern was a dead Green Lantern. Just ask Cat Matui, <laughs> who is an obscure Green Lantern character. Maybe he was Googling that and got lost, and that's why he never came back. He, uh, he, Dwayne is still crying <laughs> because he thought he was having fun. <laughs> and Henneman just went straight for his fucking idol. The old brown lantern. It's the old... <laughs> I'm not sure when we'll have this up. Are we going to have this up this week? Uh, hopefully. Okay. If we have this up before Long Beach Comic Con, here's where I'm going with this. Uh, there's an Action Lab panel <laughs> where both Henneman and Dwayne will be oh, answer, asking questions. It would be a great time. You should, you should totally show to up ask. and wear a brown lantern t-shirt. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh. But it's you know what is the what is the symbol? What is I will the, get someone I, if I, a turd. A turd. If I get someone to make you, if I get someone to make you a shirt where Bigfoot is wearing the dead body of Arrow Girl, will you wear it to the panel? Oh, that, uh, no, yeah, it's kind of extreme. Why? It's just fun. We're just having fun. I'm gonna get a shirt made that has him. It's gonna be the cover, except he's just got his sword down like that. Except she's gonna be impaled. <laughs> and then what's great is I'm gonna make him a shirt. I'm gonna make him a shirt where she's dropping Bigfoot from like the fucking sky. <laughs> to, I'm just gonna. Oh, this is great. That one seems a little better than Bigfoot. <laughs> it's not my fault you made such a violent character, Josh. <laughs> Okay, it's not my fault Dwayne writes maybe whimsical if he, fun. Maybe if Bigfoot kind of put his arm around her. Like, Hugging hey, her? Let's, let's, like uh, a pedophile? Yeah, You'd rather cool. the pedophilia than... Let's just end it there. Henneman would rather Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. <laughs> that upgraded real fast. So, uh, seriously, though, um, Long Beach Comic Con, you can you can meet Josh. All right? You have a booth? Uh, no, I, I'll... Only be on the panel. Only at the panel. So if you want to meet Josh at the show, uh, make sure you go to the panel. <laughs> you just think What's really fast and then don't. Uh, uh, I will be there. Yeah, really yeah. I'll be there walking Turkey around. Sandwich. Uh, make sure if you guys go, uh, you stop by uh, Sandy King Carpenter's booth. She's you have a table? Are you, yeah. you no, table? no, no, no. I'm not like there with them. I'm just going to I'm gonna go with my girls. Take my kids. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, I'll probably stop by. But um, I have been at numerous conventions where I'll see a tweet that he's like there with his kids. Not once have they ever stopped by the Bigfoot table. Oof. Well, it's because he has a giant sword. And he's elusive. Yeah, he stopped by really fast. We thought we saw him. The only show I take them to Wonder is Con. San Diego Comic Con. WonderCon. Yeah, but San Diego Comic Con, we left, or WonderCon, we left after five minutes. Oh. Did you not did I tell you no, that story? Yeah. Oh, we walked in there and. Uh, it was like a stormtrooper or something, like waved at my kid, like at Ori, and she was like, "Daddy, we need to go home." And I was like, "Baby, we just got here." And she's like, "We need to leave." So I had to walk from WonderCon to my house, fucking like five miles. Uber man, I didn't think about it. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, WonderCon did not last. Sixty dollars down the drain. They, they were not. They were not kids having. Uh, they were not having. I think WonderCon and San Diego Comic Con are too busy times. They need the. Uh, Long Beach is a great show for them. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that crowded. Maybe if you would just do shows that weren't always so big. <laughs> uh, big shot. Yeah. 
Mr. Who's Come on to Vegas, man. I've been to Vegas. I see you every year. No, your kids, man. Your Why kids. Why the fuck would I bring my kids to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Why in the fuck? Do you, have you seen me after the show in Vegas? Then you know exactly why I bring my kids to Vegas. <laughs> he doesn't want them going to EDC later. All right, we got to go. Uh, my <laughs> wife just told me we're eating at Olive Garden. Hey, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And thanks, Josh, for coming on. Yeah, if Josh people want to get a hold of you, you. Uh, where can they go? Where can they find you? Where can they find you? Tell us. <laughs> no, uh, Bigfootcomic.com website, uh, Instagram. Joshua underscore Henneman. Uh, Twitter is Josh S. Henneman. Yeah, you can find me anywhere. You know, Facebook, Bigfoot, Sword of the Earth Man. Nice. I love it. In regards to that. Cool. Dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Always well, well, thank you for having yeah, me. Man. Anytime, man. I kind of enjoyed it. If you, uh, you want us all right. Uh, uh, bye. It was an okay time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.